This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Here's my impression of a guy who sees a bathroom, plays a round of golf, and then gets exasperated as buddy. John, four, man... Coincidentally, <laughs> it's also the name of principal singer-songwriter of Switchfoot. Originally founded in 1996 by brothers John and Tim Foreman and drummer Chad Butler, with the original name Chin Up, the band's final name change was a nod to their San Diego roots. Switchfoot is a surfing term referring to the difficult technique of surfing with your opposite foot forward, which was as much a reference to their favorite pastime as a mission statement for how they wanted to communicate through their music. Although reportedly, Chris Rice suggested another name for them that they rejected. Cowabungaluya, dude. <laughs> the band's profile rose after having multiple songs featured in the 2002 Nicholas Sparks Sleeper Weeper, A Walk to Remember, with Mandy Moore covering Only Hope on the soundtrack. A song I did not know was a cover until this week. Wow. They moved from their faith label their faith recording label, to Columbia Records in 2003 with their album, The Beautiful Letdown, eventually leaving that label to then go totally indie in 2007. And Switchfoot shares the Dave Matthews space with artists like Lecrae or Reliant K. Because when it comes to the Christian prefix label, whether it be Christian band or Christian music, Switchfoot is much like men in the 70s in the draft. They dodged it! John Foreman addressed the lack of didacticism, overt preachiness, and total disregard for JPMs, that's Jesus's per minute, and his songwriting. In fact, he addressed it upwards of a million times over the years, saying, quote, does C.S. Lewis or J.R.R. Tolkien mention Christ in their series? Are box sonatas Christian? What's more Christ-like, feeding the poor, making furniture, cleaning bathrooms, or painting a sunset? There's a schism between the sacred and the secular in all of our modern minds. Christ didn't come and die for my songs. He came for me. Yes, my songs are a part of my life, but judging from scripture, I can only conclude that our God is much more interested in how I treat the poor and the broken and the hungry than the personal pronouns I use when I sing. I'm a believer. Many of these songs talk about this belief. An obligation to say, do this or do that, does not sound like the glorious freedom that Christ died to afford me. Jesus wasn't a performer per se, but if Christ were to perform, most of his performances were for people outside of the Christian fundamentalist right. Most of his interactions were with people who didn't fit in the church. So my question is, would Christ be in a Christian band? Probably not. And I don't think he'd define himself as a Christian musician if he were a musician. I feel like he'd be someone who'd be inviting for everyone. Come to me, the broken, the lost, the seekers. Come to me, you who are looking for light and truth and looking for rest, and I'll give you that. That would be his song. So we listen to Switchfoot, and we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. Yeah. 
Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to discussion. Everyone talks about their faith walk, about Christian music. Some good and some stupid What happens next On GCF It's good Christian fun It's good Christian fun Kevin and Caroline Talk about God and stuff It's good Christian fun It's good Christian fun Like your faith never happened Your faith never (laughs) happened before Now listen, if you never heard GCF, we're a podcast for both Christians and non-Christians And we want to talk honestly, and that means from time to time We might get a little blue For example, welcome to my balls out (laughs) That's what we call a slow parody. That was nice. <laughs> I saw slow ver- Imagine if Weird Al Yankovic only did ballads that had like five words in each verse. And you have to wait a while. Okay. And, and uh, all right. That's kind of a joke. <laughs> okay, you didn't really change the, the words there. Slow parody. Welcome to the slowest parody of all good Christian fun. I'm Kevin. I'm the slow. I'm the slower one, Caroline. <laughs> and we're going to have some good... Christian fun. Christian fun. Caroline, what is good Christian fun? For someone who may have clicked on this very episode to yeah. listen to it for the first time. Oh, you like Switchfoot? Let me talk to you for Ding. a second. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Sounds like you're about to scold them. I'm about to show them some knowledge. Uh, this is a show where we talk about Christian pop culture. Uh, we discuss it uh, semi-objectively, but also subjectively because we are Christians uh, currently, and so we like to talk about it with a little bit of affection and a little bit of spice. A little bit of uh, <laughs> sass from time to time. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's for fun. It's for comedy fun. It's for comedy and, fun. Uh, yeah, and if you're not a Christian, that's okay. Hank, stand by. We won't do anything weird stand to you. Stand uh, And if you are a Christian, we're not going to tell you you're a big stupid idiot. If I'm, if I'm a non-Christian listening to this for the first time, I'm like, Oh my God, what are they going to do to me? <laughs> I know, there's a lot of energies going on here. But listen, we're not here to make you go to church. We're not here to convert you or evangelize to you. We're not here to proselytize to you. We're here, listen, we're Christians who have a podcast. We don't have a Christian podcast. It's not, a, yeah. It's not Christian. Christian isn't my genre. If you think it's Christian, it's my lifestyle. you're wrong. <laughs> That's a great quote. <laughs> he said, Christian is my faith, not my genre. Yeah. Which I'm sure a lot of artists have used. But again, we're not here to bash your faith either. If you're a Bible-believing Christian, if you're a Christian who believes different things than the people in this room believe, it's okay. There's room at the table for you too, buddy. Mm-hmm. Baby. Babies and buddies. All babies and all buddies welcome. Babies especially. Especially babies. Goo-goo gaga. Goo-goo gaga. Age of accountability. <laughs> Caroline, how is your heart? My heart's good. Yesterday was the 4th of July. I spent most of the party in a small pool that was just a hot tub that wasn't heated. 
It was like you see those movies that take place in like a seedy underbelly world, and you see like women in cages and in pools. <laughs> this was our version of that, which yeah. was Caroline and Chelsea in kind a of crazy just like, downtown party. Yeah, splashing around, my doggy paddling. Yeah, that's right. I was eating all my hot dogs right there. It was great. Yeah, and you said, "Hey guys, watch this." <laughs> Over and over. We did magic. Again. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, so I'm feeling good. I'm riding off that high. It was a very nice time. Riding and off of the high. Yeah, I'm got to bonfire and there were fireworks the night before that. We told um, bonfire stories. Yes, we, we told did. ghost stories. Yeah. About men and women who have ghosted us that's over the right. years. <laughs> Kevin kept asking everybody how what hell is like, and so did Nate. By the um, way, shouts to Julia Prescott. She's a very funny writer who had a tweet the other day that was like, I need anxiety medication just for the first five minutes of the podcast where the host are bantering before they introduce <laughs> the guest which i thought was so funny oh uh, that's funny so take your meds y'all yeah uh how is your heart well it's pretty good i was gonna i was gonna ask you a question okay. i kind of asked you last night okay but i i was gonna ask you say uh something should happen to me how would you proceed in the podcast would you replace me with one co-host two co-hosts would you end it completely would you take a break um i think i would i would pull an episode of black mirror and i'd cobble you together just from past episodes oh you would make you would make a make, soundboard yeah i just make Kevin's clips of your voice <laughs> he's <laughs> here he didn't are you kidding me and then i'd probably slip in some old puns but I'd like repatch them together so i'd kind of frankenstein it it would be adorable <sighs> all right and nicer to me <laughs> Nicer to you. I would always yes and my jokes. I always yes and you, including this one. I hope you do that. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Now I gotta be real cognizant. What would of you my do if mic. I just died? Uh, I would take a break. Oh, I might end it. That sincere I might end it. You want to pull from your three backup posts that you're keeping in there? No, that's for when you're pregnant. But for when you die, <laughs> I don't. I feel like it would be disrespectful to because. You're half of the show. <laughs> just so. keep doing like ritual ads like, in my voice and stuff. You don't Hi. give a crap. Oh, hey, it's me, Caroline. Cha-cha-cha-cha. <laughs> Here to tell you about a new product. I New like York's hottest club. I like this new Caroline. <laughs> Caroline sounds cooler. She's fun. <laughs> I trust her. I want to pay her more for some reason. <laughs> Just instinctually. <laughs> About 30% uh, okay. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I'm, I might I might end it if you, if you legit died. Thank you. If you moved away. I would say at least take a sabbatical. Yeah. In Adam, memoriam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out Moment of, of silence for yeah. sure. For sure. For sure. But we're not there yet. Neither of us are dead. Nope. Or about to move away or quit. We're but here. But tell you what, this this heat's about to kill me. Good grief! <laughs> about to have a couple of heat wave casualties tonight. <laughs> uh, the topic for today is switch foot. Mm-hmm. Switch foot. Cowbunga. Now, here's something we didn't point out on the last episode. Episode forty four, Newsboys. Our special guest, Barrick. Mm-hmm. Forty four, Barrick. So my question is, is our, our guest, guest for 45... Is Donald? Is an equivalent to 45. Miller. <laughs> is Donald... <laughs> what if you ate chocolate while reading the Bible? <laughs> oh! <laughs> That's all I remember. <laughs> and he said, shit, and blew like jazz. <gasps> ah! Wow. Ah, just kidding. Yummy. I'd kill to have a fraction of his success. Mm. Speaking of casualties... <laughs> Let's introduce a very, 
very special guest. My favorite guest. Second service listeners may know him as a co-host of 30 Minutes to Heaven. Other people might know him as Caroline's ex-boyfriend slash roommate. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Nathan Ely! Sounds like. Hey. What if it really didn't taste anything? Come on, everybody. The thing I love about him is his sweet voice. We're in a thruple with Randy Newman. Yeah, Randy Newman's here on the mic on the ones and twos. Nathan, thanks for joining us, hey, buddy. Thanks for having me. Now, Second service listeners may have become familiar with you over the past couple of months. We've been mm-hmm. having you on more and more episodes. We've called you our fifth Beatle. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. very kind of you. <laughs> Nate, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, on thanks show. for having me. I really appreciate it. You, you came feel in on good? a holiday week. Great. We're glad you're here. Yeah, happy fifth, everyone. Now, uh, as I told you, I found some lost demos of Phillips, Craig, and Dean. Oh, yeah. Oh, no right. way. There's, oh, one, there's okay. one I didn't get to play on the show. That uh-huh. uh, This one's called Mercy Came a Screaming. I mean, I, th- I think they had something. I don't know why they replaced yeah. it. Yeah, it was good. Well, and they were good. They were even better live back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because what they lacked in uh, being on key for one of their singers, they made up for in passion. That's right. Well, yeah, on their first tour, they went to North Dakota. They went to South Dakota. They Oregon. went to New York. In New York. What does it feel like being on the pot? This is a thing yeah. that your, your current roommate, ex-girlfriend has been doing for a while. Mm-hmm. Now you're entering into the zone. Does this feel like visiting your wife at work? Ooh. You know, it kind of does. And Welcome to my office. Usually, uh, when you guys are recording, I'm in, in the back room with the door closed. Yeah, you're always here. And I'm almost always here, but I'm <laughs> just not in the... I have to like sneak in and out silently. To, uh, and to, Nate is very sensitive to record time. Sometimes he'll yeah. all but he'll take his blender into the bathroom yeah. to make it I did that. Like yeah. under a towel. It's very nice. Yeah. Very, very And I put sweet. the fan on in there so it didn't make too much sound. Takes when you scream. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why, man? This show is too realistic. <laughs> Nate's, a, Nate's an avid listener of GCF. I'd say of all my family and friends, yeah. he is the most like faithful listener. I've lived in, listened to every single episode and all the patreons which is incredible because you hear me talk constantly i was talking with you about this the other day that if you passed away i have a record of Aww. you and then you made the joke of like yeah and then you're listening to me saying oh i wish i could fuck larry and like, <laughs> and like, and like bob the tomato 911. <laughs> <laughs> no but what Single i can and, and then i'm like weeping yeah I could give you the isolated stems for it too. Just me so, alone. Yeah. yeah, just her alone. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like on a treadmill listening. Yeah. So <laughs> chilling. And, and you just hear it go like every four minutes. Yeah, right. right. Uh-huh. Like during someone's guestimony <laughs> or something where yeah. we're listening. Uh-huh. You're blowing my nose. And like you can crunching make up something. conversations. Yeah, it's like I'm talking to her. <laughs> oh, that's very. I yeah. do think about that. Like this generation of people who are recording a lot of their voices. It will mm-hmm. be. It'd be nice. You know, like when Harris Whittles passed away. Yeah, it was very man. sweet that there was a lot of stuff that people yeah. could seek out and at least get, oh, this is what this guy was like. And right. When I have my mom on a whole episode too, like yeah. telling her story. Yeah, it's really like, sweet. That's really nice. Yeah. So welcome to Good Christian Fun and also just an audio diary Just for the people in memoriam in memoriam yeah <laughs> roll that beautiful bean footage we'll say our final thoughts to each died. other 
<laughs> Should we every yeah, maybe, epi- yeah. every episode like, we have to pretend like if it I might die, be our we life. can make I this our yeah. Let's make our will me. and testament. I do yeah. have a folder on my um, computer desktop called "If I Die." Oh really? And there's what's your password? Uh, well, you already know it, and you make fun of me. Oh, for I do. It. Know I'm imagining it. like a like a Netflix documentary, and they like chronicle your life after you die, and then they <laughs> you find have letters that. for everybody on your desktop. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I should I do that. I should do that. I feel like I need to do that. Because if I die, then there's all this unknown of what did he think about everyone? I will say yeah. most of them are very negative. <laughs> I didn't like, this about you. And then, no, you made me bridges. do this. <laughs> yeah. oh, you were my biggest regret. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but glad spe- we got this open. <laughs> and we open it and it just says, see you in hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of hell, Nate. Yeah. Let's talk about, uh, we've explored... Nate and Caroline's relationship on yeah, certain second service right. episode. Yeah. We did couples counseling. That was a really nice and lovely insight to your relationship with each other. But I want to know about your relationship with God. Oh. What's your guesstimony, Nate? I grew up in the church. I was born and raised in the church uh, in Marin County, California. Uh, my parents are still there. They still go to the church that I was uh, born and raised in. They've been there for 32 years. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Faithfully serving. I'm very, very grateful for my childhood uh, my parents are wonderful people. Uh, more often than not, I was unconditionally loved and supported. Um, the church community was really, really great because it, it's very open-minded, very much let's have conversations, let's make friends with everybody. You were pretty involved in youth group and everything. Yeah. Right? So on, um, let's see. I'm trying to remember like when I came to faith in Jesus. I don't remember like a conversion moment where I prayed the prayer and accepted Jesus into my heart. Um, but as a little kid in Sunday school, I loved my Sunday school teachers. They had the felt boards and they were really kind. And I was like all over the place, like wild and crazy. And they had to have a lot of talks with my parents and say, he's really smart. And he knows all the answers, but he can't keep his hands to himself. And he's like constantly like undermining our authority. Uh-oh. And I led a revolt at one point <laughs> where I got the kids to what? follow me what? out of the uh, room. Oh and we, and Yeah, I was like, We're, let's get out of here. Who's with me? And then they all came with me. Oh and then gosh. they had to come and find us. And then I said, everybody scatter. And like, we oh all still, like hid. And oh, then no. uh, one, one of the guys who was like a teenager helping out, I kicked him in the shins and then ran away. Nate! <laughs> and, this uh, is the secret story of Nathan Ely because his closest friends and wife that knows him all so well Knows him to be a kind, gentle, sweet man. But in his past, he's low-key a huge bully. Yeah. Huge bully. <laughs> not a secret just, bully. Not, not just a bully, but I led a revolution. <laughs> in Sunday school. In Sunday school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember that day, uh, they brought me to my mom, and she, they had to explain what happened, and I knew I was going to be in trouble. But I felt bad, too. It was like those experiences, I, and I felt really bad, and then that kind of changed me. And made me become better. Because mm. I remember my mom having to talk to me about it. My dad like had no idea what was going on. I was like, what, what did you do? You like led the kids out? Like, why did you do that? <laughs> um, Fair question. Yeah. <laughs> like, were you trying to unionize? Yes. Like, like, were they not paying you enough? <laughs> not getting a fair share of goldfish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> We want crackers. I demand more. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, so yeah. the church doesn't represent trauma no no healing love kindness um and then uh the youth group was great i had a a string of just wonderful youth pastors who really really helped me out i'm curious Um, in this because i've not i i didn't have i and most of the people i know had negative experiences with their youth groups well my first youth pastor was awesome so good so intentional but kind really really funny and a great speaker Mm -hmm. but had a really like a just a wonderful heart for kids and 
uh, in like a fun way, you know, not like a weird, like, why are you still hanging out with this way? You know, um, you guys want to go to Shakey's? Yeah. <laughs> You're open till midnight. Just you, just I you guess. and me, boy. Right. Let's go on out. Uh, You're my best friend. <laughs> yeah. You're my only friend. I can tell you things I can't tell anyone else. Uh, but, uh, but that was really cool. Cause like our youth group was really big. And so I had a lot of people there, a lot of friends. I met one of my, uh, two of my best friends for life there. Um, I learned a lot from my youth pastor. Like I remember one of the times he came, he would come to my school when I was in junior high and he'd bring Taco Bell and he would like have lunch with us. And so he had lunch with me one time and he was like, Hey, like, Oh, I want you to know, like, I really appreciate your heart and like everything you're doing. I think at this point I was in eighth grade and he said, our youth group has a reputation for being clicky and, uh, and like new kids come and they're not having a, a good time, like fitting in and making friends. How would you feel about reaching out to those kids and like making them feel included and welcomed? And I said, yeah, I would love to do that. And so he really inspired me. And so whenever I saw kids sitting by themselves or alone, like I'd just go talk to them and like try and include them and stuff. And, and I just felt like that was kind of a turning point for me of realizing like the, that the church is about like loving people, including people like the people that are like nerdy or weird or like can't fit in. Like those are the people that really need a lot of love and help. And uh, like, who wants to go to youth group and get bullied, you know? <laughs> like, uh, no one. Right. But I mean, to the, I mean, I, I remember the first time I went to the community group in Pasadena. You were the first people that talked to me there. Oh yeah. 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 So it so, carried on so to this mm-hmm. day. Shout yeah. out to Chris Gothold for his mentoring. Um, and I remember my first youth group experience when I was in sixth grade, I was so intimidated because like I went to public school, so I knew what it was like to be around kids, but I wanted to be cool. So I wore my finest red Hawaiian shirt. Nice. I wore a cargo pants. I parted my hair in the middle a real of my gel. Uh, we had a game where you had to chug punch. And I thought, oh, this could be, f- I'm going to show them how funny I am. Ugh. And I chugged an entire thing of punch, but I chugged it over a long period of time, even after the game was over. Oh, so I was hey. sitting there just still drinking it, <gasps> like committing to this, this hilarious thing. Oh my God. And no one cared. No one's watching No one you. was watching me. Was and sixth I got, grade Nate. We were like, this yeah, will leave an impression. Yeah, you're going to like me. I'm the punch guy. Um, and youth group was great. Oh, we'd do trips. We'd go camping. We'd go um, this, that, and the other. Like, it was so much fun. There's romance. You know, the girls. And like, oh, man. Did you have youth group romances? Yes, I did. Like, what were their names? And where do they live now? Caroline. Um, Caroline. Uh, put the knife down. <laughs> no, I just wanted to know. No, no, no. They're, they're dumb. Like, they're, they're really stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they still alive, all of them? Uh, I think they all died together. Okay. In a tragic <laughs> youth group related accident. <laughs> in a rap- oh, after no. a rafting you, accident. After you got married, they all made a pact. Oh, come like, on. That's it. We're done. <laughs> um, there was a girl, um, man, I was really into her from eighth grade through sophomore year of high school. Dang. And I knew, the thing was, I knew she liked me, and I just didn't have the courage to ask her out. And we did a lot of the uh, hanging out all the time, talking, and then the long hugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I wore my finest Hawaiian shirt. I did those. Um, I I really it, that was that was like the closest I ever got to like, oh man, I think I were like in love and all that. So you didn't date, you just had crushes. Crushes, but this girl like we got super close. But then what happened was um, sophomore year of high school, her family left the church when the youth pastor left because a lot of people left when he left. It was like a chi- a rippling of like. Everyone started leaving the church, writing open letters. We disagreed with the pastor. My youth pastor left. And it was really hard because like he was so good and now there's like this void. And so we didn't have anyone and it was just chaos. Yeah. We, we haven't talked about it that much on the show, but there is this, for people that aren't familiar with the church and growing up in these environments, 
there's oftentimes usually the divide that happens when, oh, well, this church split off and this became this other church. It's when pastors leave. It's always, if it's done in a weird way, it can be very divisive. Totally. Well, my mom's on staff too. So she knew the inside stuff that Mm -hmm. most people don't know. So I learned a lot of what was going on and they would tell me, you can't tell anyone what's what's happening oh. here because it's very sensitive information. And when my youth pastor left, that was a big deal. I remember he was like weeping when he like said goodbye to us. And and he, he literally, like he said his farewell speech, started crying, just ran outside. Oh, geez. Because he was like so broken about it, the fact that he had to leave because his mentor, who's an associate pastor of the church, left. And, and he felt like, I need to go. Like, I need support. And, but he, he explained it to us very well, of like, God's calling me someplace else. But I knew behind the scenes of, like, what was really going yeah. down. Um, and it sucked because as a kid, I was really negatively affected by that because I thought for a long time, uh, if you are a pastor, it's the best job in the world because everyone loves God, everyone loves you, and it'll be a lot of fun. And it was great. And then you saw First Reformed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm, maybe yeah, not. I don't know. <laughs> um, but then when all the dust settled, we got new leadership and new youth pastors. We had a great interim youth pastor who came who was wonderful. And something someone told me, Fuller did this big study on what kids leave the church when they're gone, when they go to college, which ones stay. And they said the ones that stay are, are usually the ones where they have someone other than their parents telling them like about God and how to live. And I'm thankful I had those people in my life that were walking with me through things and I could tell them stuff and be encouraged by them. Um, Non-toxic mentors. Totally, yeah. totally. Very healthy and like kind and just people I could look to and be like, I want to be like that person. Mm-hmm. And I decided I never want to be a pastor. I never want to go into ministry. I never will ever do that. Cut ever. to. <laughs> well, and it's funny because when they, when they hired the new head pastor, uh, we like all the, the high school kids, we'd all sit together on the side. And so he randomly, came, like he got up to preach his first sermon when he got hired. He randomly tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, hey, would you come with me for a second? And we went into the kitchen and he got down on his knees and he said, would you pray for me? I said, sure. And so I laid my hands on him. I prayed over him and he got up there and he preached the sermon and he said, I am terrified to take this job because I suffer from depression, anxiety. I had to leave the last head pastor job I had because it was too much for me. And I didn't want to say yes to this job because this church has a reputation of driving pastors out. Wow. And I don't want to fall flat on my face in front of you and make a fool out of myself. That's pretty... I mean, and this must have been like the early 2000s. Yeah, and he's been there ever since. Yeah, so especially just the cultural context of talking about things like anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's still stigmas that exist, obviously, obviously within the church. But even back then, I'm sure it must have been much more difficult. Totally, but he was so honest and vulnerable, which is why I think he's stayed there for so long. And he's strong. He's a good leader. And he started coughing during that sermon and i ran and got him some water punch yeah <laughs> a jug of punch yeah. <laughs> so how- just trust me just work for me uh and you're gonna uh, do just fine here yeah well and i got him a cup of water the and congregation I- chug, chug, <laughs> chug no chug. no don't make me do it don't make me do it please this is what the last church made me do uh and and so i gave him a cup of water and as i was walking down he said one day that young man will be behind the pulpit May that be noted. Weird. And I was like, whatever. Well, and that was specific. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then the joke was, oh, Pastor Ely over here. Like the people in the youth were making fun of me. Like, oh, Pastor, you preach a sermon. And he actually uh, at one point talked to me and said, like, you have such a heart for people. Have you ever thought about becoming a pastor? And I said, 
I respect um, what you do for a living, but I never want to be a pastor because for me, it looks like going to the front line of the battlefield and I'm just going to get cut down. And I don't want to be a part of that. I've seen stuff. I don't want to do it. And he said, I said the same thing at one point, and that means that you're worthy of the calling because you understand what it means. The worst pastors are the ones that want the attention. They want the glory. They want to get up there in front of people. And he said, just think about it. Like, you don't have to do it just because I'm telling you, but just like think about it. So uh, I had a lot of people like saying that, kind of planting these seeds. And I was kind of like, yeah, whatever. And it actually kind of frustrated me because it's like, are you just saying that just to get me to do your job that you don't want to do? Or (laughs) like just to get me to do something, you know? And uh, they're just outsourcing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really don't want to do this job, please. (laughs) Like to a high school kid. (laughs) Um, And so I went to college. I was an engineering major. Decided to switch to my major. Didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, So I spent a year taking. Can I? back you up real quick yeah sure. um what is like your like personal relationship with god like through these years and through this time because mm. this is church stuff yeah. which can be a separate thing sometimes god was very personal to me because uh we would pray together as a family and so i learned as a kid like to pray and even when i didn't know god as a kid i would still pray and talk to him and so i developed a relationship or a friendship and saw God as, as like a friend and kind and loving. Um, I remember one time I got into, a, I kept fighting with this kid at school and we, we, he would make up lies about me to get me in trouble and I would get back at him. He's the kid that I told, I told everyone he pooped his pants and then you met him at my 10 year reunion and said, Hey, you're the guy that my husband said poops his pants. <laughs> I and didn't say it like that. No, wow. And he was like, Oh, a family of bullies. Yeah. Yeah. Cause <laughs> you brought that up to him and he was like, I don't think that was me. No, I, I okay. think you, I was, you're mistaken. I was cool about it. Else. I was like, oh my gosh, you're like one of Nate, my favorite, like Nate story yeah. from his elementary school. Like he, he says this happened or mm-hmm. whatever. Do you remember that? And he was like, no, no I don't think I, so. I, don't think that was I wasn't like, you shit your pants, yeah, I you dork. Yeah, 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 I didn't funny. do that. But, it, but his reaction was so funny. He's like, I, th- I think you must be mistaken for someone Yeah, he else. was like totally blank. And oh. I was just like, oh, okay, never yeah. mind. And so I remember my teacher talked to my parents about it. And so my dad took me upstairs and he, he said, We're, let's pray. Let's, let's get down. Like, cause I was upset and everything. And I said, well, how, how about we pray for him? And so I remember as a kid, like praying, praying and praying for him and that we'd be friends again. The next day we went back to school and we were best buddies. Like we were laughing, enjoying each other. And in my heart as a little kid, I started to love him and see him as a friend and like seeing how I was hurting him with being mean and unkind. And I was uh, <laughs> trying to... Uh, Caroline is silently mocking <laughs> our guest. Oh, Car- th- Ooh, Caroline's oh, doing gosh. some insanely wow. graphic things. She's this. doing the Weiger now. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> the Weiger. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh, tell us more about how wonderful and angelic He's sharing his story. Hey, I'm, I'm sharing my story By over the here. way, imagine if Caroline did this with other guests. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Seriously, I'm her husband. Yeah, welcome to Truth Zone, okay? Oh, Caroline, gosh. we have to treat him like he's anybody. Like I'm with one the of kindness. You notice I make no snacks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's zero, zero snacks. There's I didn't no bring him a drink. drink. I have my own water bottle. Zero hospitality. He'll take care of himself. He's self-sufficient. <laughs> I didn't even see him send him an email. Yeah. He, we, we had time confusion. I didn't even you know didn't tell him when it you was. Didn't tell me what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, as before, I was rudely interrupted. <laughs> um, but that that was a formative moment for me as a kid of thinking God is real because I felt bad for what I did. But this this kid and I became friends and we became close all throughout high school. And like, he became one of my, my really good friends. 
And so I saw like God changes me and makes me better, like makes me kinder and nicer and, and, and helping me not be mean and all that. Um, and I want to point out that this is specifically because it's so easy and especially probably in our college years and when we get into doctrine and theology yeah. and stuff. But the things that you're talking about that are advancing your love or affection for God or the church or the, your mentors all have to do with reaching out to people yeah. and personal relationships, relationships. and loving yeah. them regardless of anything totally. else. Totally. And then when I felt loved unconditionally as well in relationships, that's where I found God. Um, because for a long time, God was like the God of the felt board and the and the pictures and everything. And he was kind of like out there. Um, but that's where I really felt God's presence was in the relationships with other people. And I went to camp, um, uh, Frontier Ranch, went there every summer with my best friend, David. And um, in sixth grade, uh, one of my counselors was so cool and funny. And like, he looked like Chandler from Friends and he was like hilarious and everyone loved him. And he was- And uh, he kept saying, can I be any more of a Christian? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yeah. good. I like that. Um, <laughs> but, we liked it. But his, his camp name was Madman because everyone had camp names, right? And he was so cool because he was on he was on the program staff, so he was in all the skits. He wrote all the skits and stuff, and so he was characters. So like as a kid, like I see this guy, oh, he's so cool. And then he guest counseled my cabin that week, and I was like, oh, this guy's hilarious. Like he's so funny, but had like a good like serious side to him, where like he could get real with us, you know. And uh, at one point, I was like, uh, hey, have you ever read the Bible? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I've read it through through a couple times. And I said, I I think I want to read the Bible. Like do. You, do you have like a way we could do it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. So he gave us this reading plan and it was so cool because I started to get a bigger glimpse of the Bible and what was in there. And I started to see how Jesus really not only loved me and cared about me, but Jesus went through stuff and people went through stuff and people went through things that I go through. And I felt like I could connect more with these characters in scripture who were, were people and even Jesus, who was a person and like, was depressed sometimes and sad sometimes and would go away from people sometimes, but it would also be joyful sometimes, you know? And, and as a kid reading about that, then I think my relationship with God took a deeper level of, of being like, wow, like God, God loves me more than I know. And, and I think I love him more now. And in high school, most of my friends in public school were not Christians. And so when they found out I was a Christian, they had all these questions I want to talk about stuff with me. And I remember one of the things they would say was like, but you're really nice. Like you're really not judgmental and you're kind. And I was like, yeah, like that. I don't, I don't want to be judgmental. I don't want to be mean. <laughs> I, Caroline, I stop to, it. Uh, stop it. Oh gosh. It's a giant dick. Wow. Is that, are you pantomiming mine? I'm honored. It's a slam wow. or a compliment depending oh. on the context. <laughs> I take that as a compliment. <laughs> I will say so far this guestimony Reminds me of Magic Mike XXL in that there's no conflict. <laughs> oh, uh, no, there's, there's going to be conflict. I know. Yeah. You keep painting get, a very sunny picture, and no, I no. understand why. There's a dark... I'm, there's I'm curious. Curious. Give us the blood, yeah. sweat, and tears. I, I haven't got... I know all of this, yeah. so I'm, I'm I haven't gotten to the dark, to. the dark years yet. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, I went to college, went to Davis, and I hit a wall, and I crashed and burned, and... I got really burned out. I got really upset and frustrated and angry uh, with the church and decided I didn't want to be a Christian. And Why is I, that? I didn't want to be associated with people that were judgmental and unkind and unloving and saying hateful things and saying God hates 
this, that, the other type of person. And I wanted to have nothing to do with that. And it really broke my spirit because I was so optimistic for so long. And I feel like I had just gotten beaten down and destroyed. Mm -hmm. And, and I was extremely depressed. Uh, I didn't go to church for a long time and really just wrestling with my faith in a way I'd never wrestled before. Cause I believed and I, I never doubted. And now I had all these doubts and I didn't know what to do with it. Cause I kind of felt like I, I didn't have the space to doubt. Like I had to believe I had to be strong. I Even had, though you had that space when you were a kid, it sounds I like. I did, but because people looked to me for leadership in the, in the youth group, in the high school, I felt like I couldn't, I had to be strong all the time. Like I had to always know what was going on or know what I believed. Did you lead worship in youth group? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I started leading worship in sixth grade. And how much tail did you get from that? Zero. Surprising. <laughs> 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 I mean, that Hawaiian shirt didn't do me any favors. Or the giant pitcher that I insisted on drinking at the end of every set. So, to be clear, the youth group worship leading, punch drinking, Hawaiian shirt wearing mouth boy. Mouth stained red. Not, wasn't exactly a ladies man. No. <laughs> and I was like, why? Why, where, why aren't they lining What's up? What's wrong with me? <laughs> uh, so, doubts. Yeah, doubts. And, and I had someone, uh, older, wiser mentor guy said, uh, basically told me, um, you need to let faith and doubt coexist or else you're going to be crushed. And I, when he said that to me, I was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. But then when I got to college, I realized that's what was happening to me is I, I wasn't, I was so optimistic and like pouring myself out all the time, but I wasn't taking care of myself. I, I thought it was selfish of me to take care of my needs or to say, I'm not okay. I need a break. Um, and I didn't have really a lot of people in my life asking me, are you okay? Like, are you going to be fine? Cause I was the guy that would get things done. I was the guy that'd say yes to everything and make it work. Uh, and then I, I really burned out hard and then I felt like, does anyone even care or does this even matter? And does anyone even care about me as a person? And I knew the answer was yes, but I wasn't talking about my problems and I was keeping it on the inside and two of my best friends one of which was going through the same stuff had kind of an intervention with me where they said, we feel like you're not real. Like you're not authentic. Like when we ask you how you're doing, you always say, I'm doing fine. I'm doing great. Or you make a joke mm. and you, you never go deep with us. And we know we love you. We care about you. Whatever you do, we'll accept you, but we know you're not doing okay. We know you're not fine and we can see it. Um, and we just want you to know that you can tell us anytime. Um, that's a powerful thing. You have been so fortunate to be surrounded by good models. And I'm sure, obviously, there's negative models, too. But mm-hmm. you, you are surrounded by a lot of good models of, Christian or not, just probably good men and women yeah. that were good models of character and integrity. Totally. And that really cared for me when I was being really difficult to, to care for. Yeah. Like, uh, And I remember all the guys I lived with when I was going through this season of depression person after person was like, Hey man, if you ever need anyone to talk to, I'm here. And I appreciated that, but it kind of made me frustrated of like, okay. Like I thought I was hiding it, but like person after person was doing that. And it actually eventually broke me down. And I was like, I'm not doing well. I'm not okay. And then the response was, that's okay. You don't have to be okay. You don't have to be good all the time. And people really helped me get through that. And because I felt so alone and disconnected from God. I felt, 
abandoned from God. I felt like, God, I'm doing all these things and I don't feel you anymore. I don't even know if you're real. I feel pain and hurt and broken and I, I just don't feel healing. And I remember lying awake at night uh, in college, looking at the ceiling, just being like, I wish I was never born. And it was a really sad thing for me to think about. Like, why? Like, why did, like, life should be good. Life should be great. Why am I so down? Why am I so depressed? And it was like, I was depressed because I was depressed. Like, I should be happy all the time. But I think that was something that, like, growing up in that culture, like, the downside to it is I always had to be happy. I always had to be good and fun and all that. But I, I didn't feel like I had the freedom to to not be okay. And that's where that was coming from is I had been bottling that up for years and it was coming out now in my depression and anxiety and fear and worry and all that um, and questioning is God real or not. And then through that season, a lot of stuff got me through it, mainly my relationships with people. And that really changed how I thought about God and myself and other people. And Thankfully, my best friend was going through the same thing, so I wasn't alone. I had someone else that was walking with me through the same doubts and fears. And the conclusion I came to was, uh, without Jesus, my life is meaningless. I'm going to keep hurting myself and hurting other people, and I won't have uh, a way to deal with my hurt and my pain and my anger that's healthy. And and that was enough for me to say, like, okay, I, I think I'm going to continue to follow Jesus and the Jesus that I want to follow is it, it may be different than the one that I was taught to believe or or hear about or whatever. Like I want to know personally who is he and and what did he believe? What did he think? What how did he act? Um, and I see that as like a moment of like clarity, like a series of of like light switches turning on or something where it was like I I knew God, but I now I knew him in a different way or a clearer way. Or the picture started to become a little bit bigger, but it became more personal for me in a deeper level because I was suffering and in pain, whereas before I was experiencing pretty much mostly joy, um, but keeping the pain on the inside. And that was cool because like, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I didn't keep putting the smile on and charging forward. That really helped me understand just like, I, I can be real. I can be okay with my pain and my hurt and I can trust people with it. And and it's okay because I had a lot of shame too of like I'm I don't know who to trust with this stuff and and I had friends and I I trusted them and they totally were there because it's it's hard to be vulnerable and that like really helped me a lot so I guess like cut to like college uh, yeah like when I it's all kind of a blur until you met Caroline anyway right? <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> but she was there out there somewhere it's the second coming of Christ yeah. would you, would you I'll, I'll ask this would you uh, would you pray to God for your future wife yeah I would you would yeah so yeah. Uh, did it work yeah <laughs> Because mm. God gave me, he gave me a vision. It wasn't exactly what I prayed. The specs were a little Close, off. Yeah, I kept it purposely vague. <laughs> Lord, I hope she has hair and eyes and a smile. Sort of shaped like a... Shaped like a woman. Lady. I did, yeah. And of course I went through the like, all oh, crushes and like, is she going to be my future wife? And like, there's all this like, just like, man, are you being intentional right now? 
like, oh, okay. And then it was a lot like dating became this bigger thing deal than it should have been. I went into the I Kiss Dating Goodbye phase. Uh, my mom got me that book for Christmas. And I remember looking at it and being like, what, mom? And she's like, <laughs> I like the cover. It looks nice. The cover? But That's you- a guy like tipping a fedora head <laughs> down. It's not my like, lady. Ooh, the cover cool. is bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's my a son black like and white fedora. Well, honestly, I think my parents were a little worried because they were constantly saying like, when are you going to bring a nice girl home to hang out and like go out? They were really encouraging me to go out. Do you think like the opposite of that? Of like, but don't, date <laughs> no no no. i think she was trying to help me understand like dating's okay but uh, she didn't read the book because i kissed dating goodbye there's a lot of courtship courtship yeah, right it's right. like so, it's so, kind of anti-dating pro courtship so they're like, like yeah. we'll always help. having a we'll chaperone yeah. yeah right well and that was the thing is like, it's like very i remember those conversations like my mom said well i'll be really nice your dad won't make fun of you as much like it's gonna be fine and i was always like oh did but, they ever suspect anything about your sexual orientation not not because sometimes that happens uh, they never i've heard (laughs) they never if they did they never talked to me about it like my dad never sat me down and said you know what son like being gay is okay they really did want me to date and i just i think a lot of it i was painfully shy and if i really liked a girl i was just like oh she's gonna think i'm dumb and so i like wouldn't talk to her Mm -hmm. then i would find out that they liked me but i just got really standoffish and weird and um yeah i feel you but anyway uh so yeah college uh oh and then i spent time like what am i going to do with my career engineering like i don't think i want to do that anymore i was like okay what lord what do you want me to do i went for a run near a cemetery where i live there's a tunnel of trees and i rarely feel like the voice of god or hear the voice of god i'm very skeptical of that kind of stuff and i felt this very strong like an actual physical it wasn't like it wasn't like a whisper in my ear, but it was like more inside my heart and my mind. But it's very clear. So I was running in this tunnel, and it's like this long stretch of road that I'm running on, and it was like whatever path you choose is going to be difficult. So why not do something that you love and are passionate about? And I said, Yeah, but I don't really know what that is right now. Like, what do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to go help my church. And I said. I knew you were going to say that. I, I don't want to do that. I really don't want to do that. Is there any other way, anything else I can do? And then there was just silence. And then I said, okay. He, he holy ghosted He holy ghosted <laughs> me. Hello? God, are you there? You up? And then I was like, okay. Like there was just silence after that. So I was like, okay, I will only go if you will be there with me because I am terrified. And the, the prompting I got after that was, I will be with you every step of the way. I will never leave you or forsake you. Has he? No, he has not. Uh, <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> what if I said yes? <laughs> I would expect you yeah. to say yes. I think it's okay. Uh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Well, and so... Do you still feel that pressure to be happy guy? No. No, sometimes yes, but but mostly no. I, I So I'll just fast forward a bit. Um, I went to Fuller, did my MDiv, worked as a worship... Masters in Divinity for the uninitiated. Master of None... Master of the Divine. Yes. Okay, did my MDiv at Fuller. I chose Fuller because the people that came from Fuller were the people I want to be like. And Rob Bell and John Piper both came from Fuller. And so I like wanted to go see what was going on there because I wanted to hear both sides. Got hired right after that. Worked as a worship pastor for two years. Um, worked at a church um, that I loved. I loved the people there. 
um, very conservative and after a period of time just realized it wasn't the best fit for me and so decided to move on. Um, through that period of time, oh, I, I think I, uh, uh, I, I, I think am Kara, I forgetting something? Caroline's um, uh, interesting. Is there? Is I there, think there uh, might be a glossed over bullet point. <laughs> oh really? Oh uh, wait, let me check my notes real quick. You're just fast forwarding through the boring stuff, right? Yeah, I want to. I want to get to the the best part. So uh, I was a community group leader uh, at at a church that we all met at. That we all three of us, all met, three of us there. met. That's why I we met, know each. other. I met you on the first night, and I've known you technically. Longer than Caroline. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, so in a way, we're closer. Yeah, and you should talk to me more. I, I I do actually. It's a common Um, law marriage at this point. Mm -hmm. You two. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Remember, uh, I met this girl. I was on the couch, and she came and sat next to me, and I, I, she was talking to me and trying to be nice, but. I was having a hard time paying attention to what she was saying because I thought she was super pretty, like really, really pretty. Boy, 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 boy. Yeah. And I, and my, <laughs> see, as she was talking to me, asking me questions, my mind was like, Ahooga! Swing! <laughs> Swing! Swing! Oh, jeez. Zoinks! Gorsh! Gorsh! Bye bye, everyone! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and she was talking to me, and oh, she's super nice and everything. Um, but as a community group leader, I kind of had this thing where I was like, I'm not going to like make girls feel uncomfortable. I'm not going to date any girl in my community group. Uh, you know, I'm just going like, to keep the boundaries really like strict, you know, I was just really shy and kind of uncomfortable. Uh, and she was really nice, like asking me lots of questions and like trying to get you draw something out of me. Um, and I'm sure from her perspective, she probably thought I was like a new person that was like awkwardly there and didn't have any friends. And then when we were done talking, I was like, okay, uh, all right, buddy, let's get community group going. If you can gather around here, we're going to get started. Uh, and then I a twist ending, twist ending. And I knew in my heart, this could be my future no, you wife. Didn't. <laughs> no, you did I'm gonna not. I'm going to marry no, the you hell didn't. out of this girl. I know for a fact you didn't know I that. did not know that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, we were friends, like hung out in groups and stuff. Um, I found out her name was Caroline, and she was really, really funny and smart and nice and hilarious. Over time, like we were kind of just hanging out in groups and stuff, and I remember the night where I realized I was in trouble because we all hung out at your apartment and we all had fun. We played truth or dare and you got sprayed with the hose. You had to sing the ABCs. Mm-hmm. Uh, AJ had to go get a tampon from a neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then we sound terrible. I know. Doesn't that sound weird? <laughs> this sounds like a group of friends. I wouldn't want to hang I know, out with. but it was so much fun. And we then, then cool. yeah, we were cool. To be clear, I wasn't there that night, so I don't condone it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, we went up, stairs and we all talked and everything and i i was so impressed with caroline because she was so funny and like smart but but was like talking with the group like was i was trying to impress aj she was trying to impress aj who got <laughs> who the tampon fell asleep on the floor yeah <laughs> were you into yeah. aj yeah well that night <laughs> he spent the night at your guys apartment that night he did yeah trust me doesn't mean anything I yeah i don't remember that yeah. um and so i realized i got a crush on her and i was like oh dang i'm in trouble and I was like, okay, I need to ask her out. And I was super afraid and scared. I called my community group coach and was like, is this cool if I ask this girl out? And he was like, yeah, it's totally fine. Like, it sounds like you're doing the right thing. <laughs> you asked a man's permission I did. to ask your wife out. I did, yeah. My other daddy. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, we hung out. I uh, asked her out. She had no idea. 
And then she was like, can I pray about thing? But I get back to you. I was like, sure. And then I don't think I said I was going to pray about it. You did. <laughs> I did. Yeah. You said, let me, can I pray about it and think about it? and get back to you. Ew, I, remember, I remember that because that, Ew. no, no. I said, I'll pray about you it. Did. Yeah, you <laughs> did. I thought it was sweet. God. But the last girl that said that to me took three months. Years. I'm doing a jerk off motion for myself. <laughs> oh, I'll pray about it. Oh my God. No, I appreciate it. About that. <laughs> I'll pray about it for those that may not know, is oftentimes code for no thanks, but exactly. I'm going to yeah, blame like, it on God. Yeah. I'm just going to delay the decision. Yeah. And I was yeah. expecting that. I was prepared for it. And then she she was like, hey, uh, sorry it took so long to get back to you. Yeah, I'd love to go out. That'd be fun. And so then we started going out. We had a lot of fun. Um, and I was trying to go really slow. And she was trying What's to What's that slow. like? Um, well, uh, it's like talking for 70 minutes about your life and having your wife slowly roll her eyes at you as her husband it. talks about his love for her I and his it. pursuit of her. Is our love boring to you? No. Kind oh. of. Kind of. <laughs> and I was there for all of this. Yeah, you were there. I had, I had courtside seats for this romance this blossoming. Fest. You were like Jack Nicholson sitting in the front row. Talk about the Bethany Jam. Okay, so um, it was super hard. All right, so it was super hard. It was rough. Uh, I had a lot of conversations with people that really rubbed me the wrong way. I, I, my goal was to join a healthy, thriving church, work in that environment, and take that experience to the next job. I did the opposite. I worked for a church that needed a lot of help, um, was really, really struggling. And and I got in there. I kind of knew what I was getting myself into, and it was like, man, this is rough. And I love these people. I care for them, but I feel like this church is maybe on the way out. I'm not sure. Two years later, I was like, you know what? I love you guys. You're great, but I think I need to resign and move on to something else. And and everyone was very supportive and, and understanding and kind in that. Um, but I I experienced a lot of hurt and pain. Um, and I was glad that Caroline and I could go someplace else where we could be in like a healthier, more thriving environment. Um, and then I decided to go back to Fuller to do the MFT to become a therapist. Uh, I love being a therapist. I'm halfway through. And I love the idea of not being forced to have to work in a church for a living. That if there's a season where it's too rough, I can work as a therapist or I can just work as a therapist for my entire career and just help out a church for free. And I don't have to deal with all the politics and the money and the backstabbing and the hurt and all that. So yeah, that's where I'm at now. Still love Jesus, still love the church, uh, still trying to love myself and other people, um, haven't given up. But this has been a season of rest and, uh, and healing and it's been really good. Uh, would you guys like to hear about my wife and how we met? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fact check, uh, Caroline. Did all, that all check out for you? Uh, I, yeah. I tried to go fast because yeah. I have five minutes. So. Yeah, it's your story. I don't know what the final runtime will be, but here in the room, we're at one hour and eleven minutes, <laughs> and we're just I'm sorry the I didn't make you, make you feel bad. I was oh, oh it was just a misunderstanding. <gasps> You're someone in the course of the time I've known you has evolved in your belief system. Totally. What role did Caroline play in that? We talked about it a little bit on that second service episode. Yeah, I definitely think marriage changed me. I used to be a hard complementarian. Uh, I wasn't a five-point Calvinist. I would say I was a one-point. Um, but that's I went to reality, which is a Reformed church, the inerrancy of Scripture, infallibility, all that. I was pretty much sold on that for the most part. Um, I liked it and felt safe dealing with black and white and right or wrong and mm -hmm. heaven and hell and all that. But then over time, I kind of started to get disillusioned with it. And then being married to Caroline and even dating, um, she opened my mind more to like, hey, uh, why can't women be pastors? Or why can't gay people be pastors? Or why can't, why are they less than? Or why do they need to change? Um, and I had already been wrestling with that through Fuller because I'd been challenged by a lot of my professors to, to open my mind. 
so that was already kind of bubbling up and then in our relationship that's kind of the catalyst that that shifted me completely more to that side of things and working at an extremely conservative church and seeing the hurt that, that was causing myself and other people and saying no I don't want this I want to I want to be a part of something different and so uh, throughout the inerrancy thing it's fine if you want to believe it but I, for me I just I couldn't I couldn't do that and inerrancy a little God's plan oh, yeah. would be like if you believe that um, if you take the Bible like extremely extremely literal literally which we could argue about this all day. Like even inerrancy, people don't always take it literally, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. But basically like that's where you get this hard line of like women can't be pastors mm-hmm. and being homosexual is a sin and all those mm-hmm. things like that. So yeah, just, and so the, the, the other side of that is like, well, it's open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's not always literal, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's still God's truth, but you apply it in different ways and context and stuff. And, and so, yeah, so being married uh, changed that. And then when we were deciding what church to go to, that was like, well, where should we go? What are the deal breakers? And we came to the same conclusions of these are the things that we're looking for in a church. And if they don't have that, then we're going to find someplace else. And and it was cool. Like, it was cool to like visit different places and, and all that. And for me to wrestle with that and be like, if I want to be a pastor again, I have to be a pastor at a church that is open to that kind of stuff. Do you want to be a pastor again? Yeah, I'm open to it. Yeah. Do you want to be a pastor's wife? Interesting. Yeah, I mean, years and years from now, okay. but it has to be the right time of fit, and you have to be on board with it. Yeah. If you're not on board with it and you say no, I will not do it. We're discovering a lot about each other yeah. today. Yeah, Christian yeah. Fun podcast. One thing I want to push back on in your story, though, lovingly and respectfully, is you said you realized without Jesus, your life would be worthless. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people listening to this who don't have Jesus, right. Jesus in their life. Totally. I don't believe those lives are worthless. Neither do I. Even as a Christian. Yeah, neither do I. In talking about that, was that just for yourself mm-hmm. or just, for, okay. For me personally, it's like I, I found Jesus and this is what works for me. And if that doesn't work for other people, that's fine. Like mm-hmm. uh, for me, the biggest lesson in life is loving yourself and loving other people. And if what you believe leads you to do that, great, do it. Do the hell out of it. But if it doesn't, then don't, you know, like for some people, Jesus is oppressive and unkind and harsh and... And I, you know if that if that's what they believe. That's fine. You mm-hmm. know. Um, so. And by yeah. the way, most of the time, Jesus being oppressive and unkind is not usually the case. It's usually Paul, and everyone just equated him to Jesus. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. John Darnell, the Mountain Goats, the man behind the band, the Mountain Goats, tweeted the other day: If you're ever in a situation where you find Jesus and Paul disagree with each other somehow side with Jesus. Seriously. Your life's going to be a little bit better. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing your story, buddy. Thanks for patiently listening to my <laughs> yarn. Thanks for your yarns. <gasps> Maybe we'll put out the unedited Ooh. version on Patreon. The special <laughs> thanks for your yarns and your yarns. <laughs> oh, no. boy. Well, let's, great. let's get into it, guys. Come on, let's go. Switchfoot. Yeah, Switchfoot. Christian pop culture. What We didn't touch upon that at all. Switchfoot was big for you. Huge. How so? Uh, one of the first Christian bands I listened to that I thought was cool, mm-hmm. uh, that I wasn't embarrassed by, because I kind of grew up in the Maranatha era in the 90s, but perfect time to grow up in junior high because Christian pop culture was like cool and hip and super tones and all that. Switchfoot was a band I connected with because I liked their sound because I love the alt rock stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and they looked like cool dudes. Like, they're surfer dudes from San Diego. They're fun. They're kind of goofy. My youth pastor led the song Company Car. 
for worship one time and that song was so specific strange yeah and it's the like op- an anti that's not a it's like, not a worship yeah. song it's like not, anti-materialism it's not. and right? it's so spe- yeah it's anti-materialism and it's so specific because the opening line is mike was right when he said <laughs> i put so up a, a bunch fight. of middle schoolers singing, singing about mike, mike yeah. right. i remember as a kid thinking like who's mike <laughs> um but it was like oh these guys are cool so i got new way to be human because that was the big one at the time and then i went back and got legend of chin were you and, listening to non-christian stuff too mm-hmm. and you were like looking for the christian equivalent or they just like were all mixed in there uh, they're kind of mixed in because i i was allowed to listen to to a lot of stuff yeah my mom was really hip to music and she showed me nirvana and mm-hmm. she showed me them on snl i was like these guys are really cool Mm. your mom showed you nirvana she did yeah and she was like your mom rocks she does yeah and she told me about how kirk cobain killed himself and stuff and it was like it's really sad uh because he had all this stuff going for him and all that but she's like they're so cool like check them out and and so uh so i listened to a lot of cool music growing up because i have very open-minded parents and uh, my mom saw DC Talk Live and gave me Jesus Freak. I was like, you should check these guys out because they sound like Nirvana. And I'm like, sweet. And so then, uh, so Switchfoot was like, they sound like um, like Foo Fighters and like those kind of alt-rock bands that I was into at the time. Sure. And I felt like, cool, we have a cool Christian equivalent of that that I can enjoy and not pretend to have to enjoy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that was kind of where I started with Switchfoot. And then I learned all their songs. I mean, I played guitar with my friends. We would learn all of their songs, all of their riffs, and then we'd rotate instruments and play drums and bass and guitar. And that's how I learned how to play music is through that. So very formative for me and my musicianship. And I went through some girl stuff and listened to some of these songs and just felt the angst. Ooh. Concrete girl. Break my heart. (laughs) (laughs) Did you listen to Switchfoot growing up? Uh, not on purpose, but Switchfoot, I'd say maybe... She ran away anytime it was playing. <laughs> no, Accidentally. my ears. <laughs> I'd say like maybe more than most of other the ba- most of the other excuse me bands that we've talked about. Switchfoot was one that I was like I enjoyed and thought was cool mm-hmm. and liked their sound as well. And I think that I think they thought I thought they were kind of like the Coldplay of Christian music, like just generally likable, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit corporate sounding, <laughs> but just like inoffensive and like kind of a good band, basically, yeah. was how I feel about Switchfoot. And I really, really loved uh, Mandy Moore's cover um, in A Walk to Remember. That we spontaneously yeah. burst oh, into in Jessica McKenna's episode. I would just, uh, yeah. Made an impression on all of us. I would just play that and just I can't just believe I didn't know it. that was a cover. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's I understand. Well, I didn't know it until I like w- a couple years later and I heard John Foreman singing it and I was like, what's this gravelly? Yeah. <laughs> Give me a young Mandy, please. Yeah. <laughs> that better. Um, so that was kind of my familiarity, but I've always kind of yeah. liked Switchfoot and I actually really, really like um, John Foreman's solo stuff. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He looks like Tim Chaddick. He kind of does a little Currently. Bit. Yeah. Currently. He's he just does. got kind of that like blonde kind of Aryan race look. Oh, <laughs> whoa, whoa, of, no, yeah. I was going to say like a beachy blonde. Yeah, yeah I guess like so. A, like so a yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, like Brit Merrick, not a white supremacist. <laughs> Gosh. Good grief. With He's long not... hair. <laughs> <laughs> like a white supremacist with long hair. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, so what? I listened to Learning to Breathe a lot on the, on the mission trip that we went on in uh, 2002, I want to uh-huh. say. So we would we would play that when we we do these choir shows all around Tucson, Arizona, <laughs> bringing the good word of our choir, and we would play like the that was our pre-show playlist oh, beforehand. Yeah, nice. And so I know all those songs really really well, and then the beautiful letdown stuff, and yeah. obviously like the big three or four or five hits, and right. I know pretty good. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Legend of Chin, I was. Not as familiar with. Yeah. And and when we asked you to do the show, you said you wanted to do this one. Totally. And I said, 
a couple days after, is this your favorite? And you said, no. It's not. And I said, why are we doing it then? And I said, I don't know. No, Nate, you you like context in a story, and Mm -hmm. you also listen to a band from the beginning Mm -hmm. all the way through. Yeah. (laughs) And you listen to whole albums rather than like taking piecemeal. So it makes sense to me why you would say, let's start from the beginning and get their origin basically. Well, yeah. And that's the thing for me is like, this is where they began. And how are we going to know who they are now if we don't know where they began? That's right. You got to know your history. Legend of Chin. Of Chin. Chin Chin Up was the original name. Is that funny? (laughs) Yeah. In 96. Yeah. It's such like a boy's like, I don't care, whatever. Let's name it Legend Legend of Chin. Chin. (laughs) (laughs) There's a few song titles on here too that are like that where it's just like, yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur. This is Bomb, the lead track on the lead album. Bomb. From Switchfoot. What are y'all's favorites on this album, by the way? Ooh. Because starting off, if this, is, like, the, the gap between this sound and their sound currently, or even their sound two or three albums later, is pretty vast. This sounds like pretty, at least arrangement wise, run in the mill alt rock for the mid to late 90s. Right, like yeah. kind of jam band. Like, it almost whatever. reminds me of Lifehouse a little bit, yeah, yeah. or Stone mm-hmm. Temple Pilots, mm-hmm. right? Of that stuff. But I think what does stand out on this album is the songwriting. Yeah. Because especially, too, they don't say Jesus once. No. On this album. I don't even think they say God. They say God on one of the songs. Do they? Yeah, they do. They say God's not just words. Yeah. They'll reference, like, a being. Like, they'll reference, it's all for you or something like that. Oh, yeah, right. Like, you give me hope. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of... Do you have a favorite on here? Uh... Well, I don't like doing my homework, so I really connected with Kim Six A. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell if this song is their attitude or if they're criticizing like lazy kids. I think it's their attitude. I think it's their because attitude. Because they recorded most of this album in the dorms in UC San Diego and they dropped out of college to right. pursue their music career. Because yeah. uh, they were, he was a freshman in. In college, and Tim, his brother, was in high school. Yeah, two brothers and the drummer. Did you guys watch? Like literally about not doing your homework. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I connect with it. I like it. Um, this was also the first music video. Did you guys watch? I did. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. It's so funny. They're hilarious. Looks like a nerd. That bangs. And I know when I when I hear John Foreman because up until the last couple weeks I wasn't really looking up pics of him on the yeah. internet so I assumed he was kind of a babe right because like, yeah. all the Christian women I knew were just ah, like, or that he's always him. had that long hair like Chelsea's so into I was texting Chelsea today by the way about this uh-huh. about uh, the podcast and I said what are your favorite songs off of Legend of Chen just to see like what the consensus was and she said I have zero favorite songs from that album it sucks Suck foot. Their worst album. Please <laughs> oh. don't pick that one to review Suck on the pod. Foot. Oh my god. At least not before the good ones. I get that it's their first album, but like, ooh, emoji. <laughs> it's very boring. I am a Joe. And Chelsea's never negative she's about She's so anything. positive. She'll find a way. Yeah, but she'll Whoa, be honest. She'll be lo- honest. Harsh. Switchfoot's her number one with a bullet, too. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's her wow. Bruce. Well, her- I actually really like this album a lot because I it brings me back to a time. Yeah, what was what was going on with you when you were listening to this, or what did you like latch on to with this album? Like they're expressing blank. For it's me. mostly the no homework. For yeah, like, and like they're funny and like. Um, Are they? 
I thought they were hilarious. Well, the thing that I was, I was very thankful. I because the first time I listened to this all the way through, it was on Spotify and my phone in my pocket, and just hearing the beginning of this song freaked me out. <laughs> this part. This one goes out to Charlton Heston. I was like, oh gosh, is this some like guns are good and yeah. guns are for Can guns? Oh, like an NRA song. I thought it was going to be like an NRA thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a reason why the song is called From My Cold Dead Hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what's the split, do you think, on this album of like girl songs and God songs? Because that's a trope, as we've yeah. talked about a bunch on the show. Is this song about a girl or is this about God? Mm-hmm. And I feel like even though Switchfoot doesn't get explicit about like, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ and believe this and do that. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not, I feel like it's not difficult to parse when they're talking about something like an intrapersonal relationship right. and things of a more like spiritual or eternal nature. Yeah, yeah it's I feel pretty like they clear. use a different vocabulary for yeah, each one. So totally. you kind of know what's going it's on. Not very, it's not very vague. I would say more often than not, they're probably more girl songs than God songs, maybe. I, I think, know. okay, Underwater is about a girl. Concrete Girl, girl is about God. No, I'm just kidding. It's ben about Hur girl. is about God. Ben, ben, ben Hur is ben about Hur. a girl. Yeah, it's about a girl. Uh, sorry, girl. That's what I yeah. meant. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, God, girls are all the same. Guys, what? God is a girl. I remember that what? song. Get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> but Paul. <laughs> but Paul said. <laughs> uh, ben Hur, I listened to a lot when I went through the girl stuff of like, I thought that it might have been her. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder if you ever listened to this like after a bad date or something. Yeah, and I would learn it. And I remember leaning in the car with my head on the glass as my parents were driving, just Aww. listening to the song and like thinking about the girl that, so that I wasn't going to be with because she liked someone else. <laughs> Did you hear this song when you and I first talked? Uh, no, because I knew that it would be her. <laughs> you know that like discordant movie score you hear in horror movies? That's like David Lynch. <laughs> yeah, just like this <laughs> happy clown time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Caroline. Caroline poured beer all over Susie. Yeah. While it is easy to understand when they're talking about God or not, I will say this the lyrics are a lot more poetic than the average Christian musician. Like I found yeah. them to be very minimal, very bare mm-hmm. and they were alluding to certain like tropes and allegories, but not necessarily like spelling it out like, and Jesus is the savior of the world. But yeah, you know what? Yeah. It didn't feel coy the way it can no, sometimes no. Right. with certain musicians or bands and songs. It's like there's someone I believe in. It's like, Who I wish it? you I would know, know him. Yes. And then you look <laughs> in the lyric book and the H is capitalized. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wait okay. a minute. We get okay. it. We get it. Well, switch, okay, but. but I will say Life and Love um, and Other is, Mysteries by Point of Grace yes, <laughs> is the most worshipy song sounding yeah. to me. And it's, it's like just a slow dance. Like, yeah, and it's Everybody the most, grab like, your partner. Aggressively worshipy. Yeah. Your partner is God. But wow. I still liked this and I still didn't find this annoying sure. or distasteful because I think one lyric says, oh, never mind. But it says basically like, this is what gives me purpose. I found a reason. Whatever. It does, it's mm-hmm. not like, and this is prescriptive for everyone. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of nice. Again, I think something that has commonly been a positive on this show that we've seen in Five Iron Frenzy and in this songwriting is when it is descriptive and introspective and personal and reflective because then it makes a Christian experience like your testimony. This is for me. I think this is good. Yeah. And maybe some of their songs in the future get a little more didactic like we were meant to live for so much right more. yeah yeah but for the most part the the general spirit that i get from this album is like 
here's what I'm going through. Yeah. And well, here's and it's my balance life. too yeah. of like, and this is difficult. Or even the Ode to Chin song where it's like, grow where you grow, doubt your doubts, believe your beliefs. Yeah. You can have them all. It was kind of a, a wild uh, thing to. I mean, we heard doubt your doubts a lot in the yeah. conservative church. When this, I looked it up like. Oh, doubt uh, your doubts. I take his main and be like, have your doubts. That's okay. And also believe what you went. Instead of like, no question why you're doubting. Gotcha. Oh, okay. When this album is named after Willis Chin, who was his best friend in high school. Mm hmm. And there's pictures of him on the back of the album and stuff. Why do you think they did that? Was that just like a cheeky thing they did or it was like oh they he died and I need to like to, yeah this is in memory of him or yeah something. like I wonder like how does how does Willis yeah it was this? just like all directed at him and he's like geez and he's like I, I wasn't really friends with those guys um, <laughs> he sued them for the image like that yeah. second vampire weekend out <laughs> okay uh, I want to play the beginning of underwater because sometimes sure. John's voice sounds like a favorite Muppet of mine yeah. <laughs> I was scared <laughs> We used to do a John Foreman impression. It was like, uh, hey. it's in her head, it's in her mind. She can't believe it. Can't believe she's running out of time. Out of time. <laughs> it's not easy running out of time. <laughs> to the point where I thought this was a different guy. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's weird. He kind of goes in and out of it. I guess on like in a certain range of notes, maybe when things yeah, are a little he high, he's like. Yeah. Hey. And we were meant to live for so much more. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. It's the Switchfoot show. <laughs> now, this is a song that I think is kind of a trope in Christian music, and it's like the fallen woman the song. The girl that doesn't know how much she has to live for. I would uh, argue that's a trope in all of rock and roll. Totally. Yeah, maybe in all so. of music history. Yeah. yeah, and she's like beautiful but tragic. And this one in particular is maybe an alcoholic and then died? Drowning? Oh, yeah, drowning in the bottle. Or sure. Something. No, but then at one point they said she's six feet underwater. She's underwater. Yeah, yeah. and then like it says she keeps lighting candles, which is like sickies, y'all. Oh. That's what I took. Uh, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, I took that like six in the morning. She's praying to other she's stuff lighting, or something. Yeah. Oh, like she's just got, she's saying her mantra. Yeah. Her mantra. <laughs> her mantra. <laughs> Somewhere over the mantra. Guys, we need some Kermit John Foreman memes we going. Do. We do. Sipping need that them. tea. Please make them. But that's none of John Foreman's business. <laughs> do it. There's another song that haunted me when I was growing up that was like, Caroline, don't throw it all away. Oh, yeah. It's like in the spirit of this song, too. Uh-huh. Like, there's one girl and she's just like lost and uh-huh. doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Is that the John Foreman one? I don't think Is it's a the John Foreman. Caroline, no, na, 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 na. I like that song. Oh, we, okay. we need more that's like this boy doesn't know how much yeah. he's we so need lost. representation we that's need right what about song. the guys who are lost <laughs> and then concrete girl that's like i'm into this girl concrete i kind of yeah. like i don't get it but i like it like the sound of it the the one thing I that i feel like the, as far as like the slower versus the faster songs on this album the slower songs have aged better mm-hmm. my favorite um song of the album mine is home that's a good one i like that Almost dissonant melody for the verses. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I think I have to agree with you because this is the song I play the most on my own when, when I'm Caroline's with, not here. Yeah, when she's not here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In our home. I love the strings and everything. Got yeah, very yeah. pretty violin. Yeah. And if this would be a foreshadowing of like they would have after this way more lavish production on everything else that they totally. Did. Yeah. Have yeah, you, I like this song. 
And it, yeah, again, it's one of those things where it's like dealing with this imagery and these themes of like, it's about Jesus if you want it to be. Yeah. It's about God. It, but it's not about a girl if you want it to be. Right. But it's about something eternal or something like very outside of yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons why I love these guys so much is that's their whole mission is mm-hmm. like, we don't want to cram Christianity down your throats. This song is for anyone, like everyone and everyone. And it's kind of sad because when Rethink got bought by, was it Spirit? Re, uh, it was Sparrow. Uh, Sparrow. Rethink was their original Christian label that the And Charlie Peacock on. and Peacock. them wanted to like send it out to everyone. But then Sparrow said, no, we wanted to market it specifically to Christian mm-hmm. stores and everything. And John Foreman says at the time, their first three albums were all Christian stuff that they lost part of themselves in that. It was a really sad were thing Were any for of those them. their big albums? Uh, Learning to Breathe was their biggest. Oh, um, that was during that Christian period. D- but they had b- bigger success when they yeah, left. Yeah, that was their third. Oh, yeah, okay. but that like for that time period, that was the biggest one. But then when they broke free, they they were able to cross over and like do what they wanted to do the whole time. Yeah, I'm beautiful let down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you keep up with their later stuff? Yeah, you did. Yeah, I get every single one of their albums. So I was listening just for like a better picture of these guys. And I think there's enough here that it's definitely something we could revisit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just seem like, okay, it's more of this again. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, it's no. different. Like there's, yeah. there's some interest. Did you listen to later stuff as well? Yeah. I'm just familiar with it just from living my life. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but uh, I didn't, I didn't like go and look up their most recent or anything. Dare you to move might be their most recognized. Probably. Is this, is this their biggest? Wait, what's their most listened to song on Spotify? Stars TV? might be big. Yeah. Uh, what if we rewrite the stars? That's them. No, this <laughs> is their biggest. 34 million streams. Viva, oh, this is, Viva okay. La Vida or Yellow, I'd say, oh, were probably mm-hmm. their big ones. Well, this one they did twice. They did this in Learning to Breathe. On their Beautiful Letdown album, they did another version of it. They did? And it sounds pretty much the same. Really? It's kind of funny. I don't know why they did that. I always remember when I heard like worship music, like leaders start to do this song. I was like, ambitious. Okay, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> here we go. Good luck worship with that. leaders. Only like a handful of times it yeah, happened, but I heard it played it. and I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I, t- I don't like that stuff. I don't like appropriating music for worship. Like I changing think, the lyrics right. and stuff? Or they were like, it's Christian guys. So, you know, you get it. Like when yeah. you hear uh, <laughs> U2 in church, like when they do Yahweh, that U2 song. I kind of like it. That I, I kind of honestly, I kind I don't have much. That yeah. one's all right, but because I actually think that lends itself to it. But stuff mm-hmm. like this, or I can only imagine being played to worship services. You can't worship to speculation. Uh-huh. Like it's just not. That's not the purpose. It's like who are we praying to? Yeah, and it's oh, gosh, it's so. like a specific story too. Yeah, I don't need to sing about Mike, Mike with all my and how he was Mike. right <laughs> that I would put up a fight. Yeah, just like write your own music. Yeah, I, I actually and I know there's probably split uh, uh, opinion about this, but I like when churches do their own worship music when oh, they write yeah. songs yeah. and, and yeah. not even just like the big boys like Hillsong and stuff. Right. But there's a church up in Portland whose name I forget that does their own music in house, mm-hmm. and it's really them. It doesn't feel like they're chasing the ball. It feels right. like they're. Letting it be what the community and what the yeah. church wants it to be, so they kind of come up with that's their own awesome. Stuff. I love that. And this contributed to an epidemic of Christian families moving in 2000 right. through 2003 because yeah. they all heard and they're like, "All right, honey, we gotta get out of here." I don't want to be a pussy. You know what? He dared us. <laughs> he double. John Foreman said. John Foreman dared me. <laughs> <laughs> well, honey, we just got a great job here. Now listen to the we song. Go. No. Listen. I'm, I'm a man. Why are you packing your bags? <laughs> your kid is crying. <laughs> we just got him in school. He just made friends. <laughs> and you want to 
taking on because of a Christian alternative oh, song? It makes me so mad when uh, he does that. Well, I, uh, I was listening to Fading West today. Yeah, they have a documentary with that. Did you watch it? You I, seen that? I didn't watch oh, the documentary. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I it's want good. to. It's the later yeah. album. Because I want to get to know these guys. Yeah. This, is a, this album that came out in 2013, this was uh, uh, jarring to hear. I was listening to it at the gym today, and it's just so... The hooks are so uh, M. Scott word. They're huge, huge. They're so big. 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 Listen to this. When you were just a girl, yes. <laughs> she invented the world. Ooh, oh, and that's freaking uh, Charlie Puth. See you again, Wiz Khalifa. Mm-hmm. Wow, I like it. It's been a long day. <laughs> Without you, my friend. That was a, quite a departure. Do you, how, how do you, how do you think they've evolved as a band? As I someone who it. knows them the, the most. Well, I remember uh, an interview with them years ago. They said, "If we're not changing and growing our sound and as musicians, then we're just going to quit." And I loved that idea of like they don't want to stay stuck doing the same thing. And I think they did a good job of each album kind of progressively tries things and goes in different places. And which is why, I, like recently, I went through their entire compendium from start to finish, and I loved it because each album represented something for me personally in my life. Mm-hmm. But I can see how they changed and evolved and grew and didn't want to fit into a mold. And do you feel like their message has changed over the years? Um, I don't. I think if you were to take a guess, I was listening to one song today and. Uh, there was one lyric where it's like, age and race doesn't matter. I'm like, wow. it doesn't? <laughs> you know what's so funny? Like, I just asked that question and I was like, I would never ask, like, do you think Ariana Grande's message has changed over the right. years? Like, that's such a Christian band thing, you know, to think about. And because like, Christi- I'm like, why do I have need to force them to do that? Weirdly, Christian music, Christianity, and then unfortunately, conversely, politics, integrity is equated to steadfastness in one single right. right like if you're yeah. consistent then yeah. I trust you like and holding you have a real faith doctrine. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly well think about it 20 years they've been a band they're on they're on uh, in hiatus right now they're like now. in their 40s they're four, early right 40s like mm-hmm. 30s so they're in they're hiatus they're like 60s 70s yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> they have to go, take the walker on stage now um, I can barely move yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like my hips weren't broken <laughs> it's like a life alert commercial <laughs> I'm John Foreman I dare you to lift me so far up off the floor. I have fallen. Oh no. Welcome to my balls out. <laughs> Still. Wandering in the gym now. <laughs> yeah. The it, tension's not here. <laughs> in December 2017, they put out a letter on mm-hmm. their website. They didn't break up. They just said for the first time in 20 years, we're going to take We're going to ask for permission. They louied it. Yeah. They're going to ask for permission to take an extended hiatus yeah. from oh. making stuff, yeah. which... To me, uh, what I was struck by in looking into them is how similar they seem with Jars of Clay. Mm-hmm. Jars of Clay is another band that yeah. really evolved their sound yeah. over a lot of albums and changed and got rocky on this and lost this and added that. But all the same members of Jars of Clay are there from mm-hmm. the beginning to the end or whatever extended. It's and they're on feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're on hiatus now. And these guys, they got to be together because the brothers and they must actually have genuine they love can, and yeah. respect and affection. Well, and they for all each other. they're all married with kids to each so, other. Yeah, to each other. Um, but <laughs> nice. I heard Courageous I heard a rumor. Style. I don't know if this is true or not. But for a while, they were taking their families on tour with them because they they toured the world. They toured all over the place. Be fun. Um, and they came out with ten albums in twenty years. So that's an album every two years. 
And they would pretty much go on tour. Which is an insane pace. Just like you never That's stop. like Hold Steady put out an album every year for five years in a row. I'm like, what do you, yeah. how do you... Another yeah. another interesting fact, they went on tour with Dave Crowder. And when Dave Crowder did his farewell show, I went to it. And he told a story about Switchfoot. And he said they recorded Vice Versus, this awesome album, which I think might be my personal favorite album. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a song on there called Where I Belong, which is my favorite Switchfoot song of all time. Oh, that's the closer. Yeah, man. The first time I heard this, it made me cry. Because it's about like death and like what it's going to be like on the other side. Uh-huh. And like I'm going to hold my head up high. I'm going to say I, I tried. I did my best. Like... It, it's really moving. Um, and it quotes C.S. Lewis and Narnia and all that. Um, oh, I love this song. Um, and so Does Crowder... at one point say, Mr. Tumnus, <laughs> have a spot I'm just so scared. <laughs> What's that weird candy he made of me? Oh, uh, uh, Turkish, Turkish Delight. Delight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rapper's Delight. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so Crowder said they recorded most of this album when they were on tour together in the bathrooms of the, of the venues that what? they toured. Because they, they were just like, hey, let's make an album on the road. Yeah. And this is what it, it is. And it's like... That's cool. That's cool that they could do that. They didn't have a studio. They just set up their equipment in bathrooms and played. That's awesome. And then for uh, Hello Hurricane, they wrote two... Did they get a guy like dropping a dump in some of the albums? <laughs> I dare you. Oh. To... Excuse me. Sorry. Like zipping up his pants oh. trying to get out of we there. We only had one take from the tape. <laughs> we have to use it. We can't re-record. Oh, There's no integrity in the overdubs. <laughs> There's no more toilet paper. Excuse me. Can I have some privacy? <laughs> Could you help me wipe? <laughs> it's a one-stall bathroom. Oh, They're all in. in one stall surrounding a guy on the toilet. <laughs> and what's the, the the last album they put out was 2016. Uh, it's called Looking for America. It's called Where the Light Shines. Where the Light Shines. You're very yeah. excited when this came out. Yeah. It's called When the Nudes Come when Through. When the Nudes Come In. <laughs> it's a specific reference. Oh man, I love <laughs> this album. Yeah. Well, and the, the same year, New Reliant K came out, and they went on tour together. Um, and so it was cool. I got two new albums from these guys. Um, How many times have you seen Switch They made them to you. Ooh, uh, five. Wow. And, I and, saw- and when they come on stage, are the girls just like, is it like the sprinklers came on yeah. in the cemetery? <laughs> from the ceiling God somehow? the earth again. <laughs> yeah. Because he was too hot. It's like that scene from Noah where it's coming from the ground, coming from the sky. Snakes are coming in. Rain, rain on my face. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is a good album, and they have a Kendrick Lamar song. Like he he raps with them on "Looking Lecrae. for America." Lecrae, that's right. Yeah, Lecrae. Um, I wish Kendrick Lamar. That'd been tight. Do you want to hear my impression of uh, Kendrick Lamar sneezing? Yeah. Ha, 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 hurt you. Continue. <laughs> that's great. I love that. <laughs> I oh, can do oh. your Rihanna impression uh, too. Eh, eh. <laughs> What's your favorite letter, Rihanna? Eh. <laughs> that's her on Sesame Street. <laughs> What's your favorite team, television show wise? Eh. Oh, the A-Team, interesting. Oh, A-Team, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> um, oh, something I wanted to say. When they came out with Hello Hurricane, I'd never heard of a band doing this before. They wrote 200 songs, and they picked, like, the best 12. And then they, that's where we get this album. 200 songs! That's pretty wild. Yeah, Isn't that's that like insane? That's, like, Springsteen-level productive. Yeah. We're for Darkness on the Edge of Town. He wrote, like, yeah, I wrote 150. We recorded 70. How do you, and- how do you even write 12? Like... I don't know. The, There's got to be some stinkers in there. Oh, yeah. I, I will say yeah. that is a common uh, songwriter's brag. Like legend. Just yeah. like, it took five minutes, but uh, but it but it does make it as a marketing tactic. It does right. make yeah. it. We took 200 and whittled it down to the very best. Yeah. So I will say this. They, for the most part, passed my 
test of like don't have more than 12 songs on right. or 11 yeah. or whatever it is. When Edit. they release EPs, they release mm-hmm. EPs so you can get some of the bonus material out and, there. And Foreman's doing this interesting thing now or he he was doing it last year, earlier this year, where he played like 24 concerts in 24, 24 and 24 hours. and they yeah. did a movie about it. Yeah. Yeah, 24 shows. Or and Chloe 20. was in it. Yeah. And he said, yeah. damn it, we, we don't, don't have time. time. Jack yeah. Bauer did a set. Yeah, that's um, right. Split screens. <laughs> uh, he did a set. Yeah. <laughs> he Isn't just, he in a band of some sort? Uh, yeah, it's a pizza-themed band he play, with Macaulay he, Culkin. He plays a, tackling a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> he tortures it. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the presents? <laughs> um... Oh, yeah, and the other thing is, like, Fiction Fam is great because it's him and Sean Watkins, who might be related to Sarah Watkins, I'm not sure, but it's like a bluegrass yeah, guy. it is. All these guys are, when Todd revealed that he was married to Sarah, revealed, yeah, it's yeah. public knowledge. Yeah. But when he was talking about he's married to Sarah, yeah. Sarah's brother is Sean, yeah, Sean, yeah, there friends we go. with all those guys, yeah. he's right. best friends with all these guys, they're yeah. all, and it's nice, it's nice to yeah. think of, like, people you met in high school and college You're that you buddies. would still... And make good stuff that a lot of people like yeah. and enjoy. Yeah, yeah. you're still in each other's world. Fiction Fam is great. I love it. It's a blend of different genres. That's um, the name of a side project? Yeah, it's him and uh, Sean Watkins, just the two of them. Why and they have other time? musicians and stuff. <laughs> they job. did a lot of it online, kind of like Postal Service with Death oh, Cat for like Cutie. Back but then they they recorded things together and this stuff. This is called Give Me Back My Girl. Uh-huh. At that level, I, you just have to be thinking about songs all the all time. All the time. Yeah, Coffee which shop, I, th- beach, I think that's toilet. why they t- they're taking a break because they reading. got families. Yep. Like it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. I think hitting your forties, it's like maybe we should slow down a little bit. And I respect that. They um, watch this as forty, and they're like, "Damn, that's uh-oh. my life." That's Did, the, the credits roll, and they're just staring at it in silence. And on top of all this, they do a lot of like uh, charity work. Yes, Broam, which is like I went to the Broam. They do. So I went to the Broam. What does Broam stand for? Uh, so Pro-Am is the professional it's surfing competition. Oh, it's surfing. It's surfing. Oh, and then the Broam is their spin on it so they have professional surfers come they do a silent auction they do a concert the proceeds go to benefit uh, at-risk youth in san diego yeah so i went with cody and lane and we had a blast we got to watch them surf and get owned by the professional surfers <laughs> um that's kind of fun it's fun it's <laughs> fun <laughs> they advertise yeah. it watch switchfoot get, get owned home. by local Finally. team i'll pay 500 dollars for that <laughs> these guys made me move so many times yeah <laughs> deserve it. If you pay a thousand dollars, you can punch him in the face. <laughs> and so it's cool. Like they did a concert. They had kids come up on stage. They and just play. had one a couple weeks ago. They do it every Encinitas. year. Yeah. They do it every single year. They've raised over a million dollars since its inception. Wow. For uh, hey, you're such uh, a fan. It's I am. Cute. Well, and I really love so these great. guys. Like they're yeah. good and they're doing a lot of good. They're using their fame for the benefit of other people, which I, I think is great. I think it is an ideal version of uh, oftentimes what we talk about on this show, where especially. For Christians and non like, just what does it mean to be a Christian yeah. and be engaged in conversation with the world? And like you talked about a long time ago from that book you were reading, oftentimes the measure of it is, if you're a Christian, how much better are you making the world around you? Mm-hmm. Not how many Christians, how many people are you converting to Christianity? How yeah. many people are you yeah. getting to go like, to your how church? How do you treat the people that are outside of your faith? Right. What is yes. the, mm-hmm. the yeah. uh, inarguable... Mr. Rogers-esque style positive impact that you're having yeah. around mm-hmm. your friends, your family, your community at large. Right. And it feels like they do have a lot. Totally. Do you feel like they've had any missteps in their That's career? That's a good question. I tried to look into, like, did they say any weird political stuff? Did they get problematic in any yeah. of their songs? <laughs> they got criticized for not... Oh, there was a song they wrote on uh, Nothing Is Sound. Where it's called Women Can't Be Passed. <laughs> 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 They're too emotional. Yes. Uh, but there's a song on there called The Fatal Wound. 
mm-hmm. and it's super depressing and dark. And there's a line in there that says, I'm going to gun this town. And there's some school shootings and stuff that happened that year. And they were saying like, whoa, it's Switchfoot, that's pretty tone deaf. Like, mm. why are you talking about this? You know, um, which I, I don't know what their response was, if this was about depression or whatever. Interesting. Um, but it wasn't like an actual commentary on that stuff. It was just I don't like know. kind of a It was just like, poor yeah. timing. That, poor yeah, timing, right, I think. Because yeah. um, huh. I think their intentions were good. I don't think Switchfoot's pro They wouldn't gun. do anything bad, right? Yeah, I don't think they like school shootings, yeah. from what I know. <laughs> yeah, and like it's kind of a cool sounding song, but it's like, I think they got some heat for this. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I found was Tim Foreman didn't agree with Columbia Records' way of, like, digitally copywriting their albums. And so he, oh, he, posted. he posted a yes. workaround. Like, you, you can you can download what? it. And then Sony deleted his post. He posted on one of the Switchfoot message boards, look, they're releasing it on this medium where you can't rip the CD, but here's how you can do it. Or yeah. whatever it Yeah, was. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Sony, they, they deleted it. Yeah. I love that. But they seem, they seem to care about their audience. They do. Band fights that day. And they're extremely generous with their fans. Like they have a reputation for staying way long after the show's over and talking to groupies. every single, every single person that's there. Um, do they have groupies? I don't think so. I that's heard a up. rumor a while no, back, but everything I've heard about them be. since then has canceled out. Yeah. I mean, like they're married with kids yeah. and every, I have friends that have met them and they say they're so kind and generous. Mm-hmm. Um, their I, wives are their groupies. Uh, <laughs> I got a groupie for life. That was in their vows. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to be my groupie for the long haul. They're also really short. Like John woke, <laughs> John, John Foreman w- walked past me one time. Like their albums. And he, he's about your height. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like just a little bit taller. Cause he, he walked Aww. past me and I was like, Hey, look at the little guy. Snuggly. I wanted to pick him up and put him in a, like a snuggly and carry him around. <laughs> But then, Were they doing a remake of The Hobbit in San Diego? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think their worst album is? Ooh. If their best might be Vice Versus. And yeah, you know. yeah. Honestly, as much nostalgia as I have for it, probably Legend of Chin. Their worst? Yeah, Legend yeah. Just And, and it's, it's makes sense. It's not a bad album. It's not a bad album. album. And it's their first album. Sure. So all things considered, it's not that bad. But I think they progressively get better over time. That's mm-hmm. good. Um, well, let's get into our final thoughts about it. You yeah. know how this works. You've listened to the oh, show yeah, before. I've listened. We <laughs> give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. A holy toast or holy roast. Holy toast. We're sending those good foreman boys all the way to heaven where they can surf for eternity. Well, holy roast. They're going to be surfing those waves of flames. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Caroline, we'll start with you. Um, I liked this album. I thought it was good and uh, really listenable. I thought it was very uh, minimal, as I said, and I was surprised by when I went to go just look up the lyrics later just to read through and check for, uh, you know, things that I can make fun of. Uh, they're just like... <laughs> Is that what lyrics are to you? No. Joke premises? No. No, but oftentimes when you, you know this, like when you read the lyrics, you see something totally like, different whoa, than you imagine. Whoa. Yeah, we're just like, oh, oh, that's what they were saying. Um, but anyway, there's just not a lot there. Like, mm. they repeat a lot. It's very plain very simple stuff um mm-hmm. but still kind of poetic and uh They're simple boys <laughs> simple kermit men uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that uh, oh, oh man i'm doing ray anyway uh so i'd give this a holy toast i liked it and i like switchfoot and they can get it they can get it and get it musically um, okay <laughs> they're married and so are you eh. 
Nate, we turn it to you. Uh, I I like this album a lot. It brings a lot of nostalgia for me. Uh, I loved. I like a lot of the riffs. I mean, overall, it's it's pretty decent considering their I first. To ask uh, you. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Did you listen to this when it first came out, or was it later after like hearing some of their other stuff that you went back? Um, I first started listening when New Way to Be Human came out, which is their second album. Oh. Okay. And then I bought Legend of Chin after that, it. so it was okay. still fresh. But okay. but New Way to Be Human was like the first one. Um, uh, I really, I really like this album a lot. Um, it brings back a lot of good memories. Uh, it, I think it's fun. I want to read a clip from a, a review that I think sums this up. Read a well. clip. I'm going to read a clip. Uh, sonically, this sounds like a great album. All the right ingredients are in place, but like a good Yorkshire pudding, even the finest ingredients won't be enough if it doesn't completely rise. There are moments when this one is more pancake than pudding. However, overall, Worth checking out. This guy was hungry <laughs> when he wrote he it. Or this girl. That's uh, Mike Rimmer of Cross Rhythms. He gave him a 7 out of 10. Mike likes um, dorks. He does. There's a few uh, Christian music websites that are good to check for this show. Oh, Cross yeah. Rhythms is one of yeah. them and Jesus Freak Hideout. Uh-huh. Yes, Jesus Which Freak Hideout. Which I went to regularly as a, as a kid. Yeah. As a kid. Yeah. I'm going to give it a holy Jesus toast. Freak. A holy toast from Nate. Okay. Surfing up in heaven. That's right. Right wow. in the crest. I will make it a unanimous holy toast. Yay! Yay! Switchfoot. Yay! Was there any? Yay! Yay! Cut to John Foreman. Ah! <laughs> Can you imagine if we roasted them on this show? We would get so much heat because they are universally beloved. Yeah. It was hard to find anything objectionable. Yeah, I couldn't find anything bad. So send rumors and half-truths about yes. them. Email us, goodchristianfun yeah. at gmail.com. We'll drag them. We'd be knocked down a peg. Gossip. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we could have them on the show one day. Talk to the Foreman brothers. Oh, that'd be great. Don't tease me. Don't tease. That'd be Don't amazing. Tease. Yeah, Skype them in. I, I agree that I like the sparseness of the mm-hmm. lyrics. The mm-hmm. music out of all the albums I listened to is my least favorite, but I did appreciate the simple i think one of the hardest things in the world is writing simple songs that communicate hard truths directly or interesting truths directly yeah it's easy to be really to have like flourishing language and yeah mm-hmm. be you know madman drummers bummers indians on the summer all that stuff so i appreciate just like cut to the feeling sort of lyrics yeah. totally very yeah. poetic mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so uh yeah holy toast yeah but we're not the final word. No, we're You're not. the final word, dear listeners. So go to at Christian Fun Pod on Twitter. Give Switchfoot colon the Legend of Chin a holy roast or a holy toast or mm-hmm. even suck put it in as suck foot. <laughs> suck foot. Give it a suck foot. We know what Chelsea's giving him. Tarantino likes to give it a suck foot. <laughs> oh, I knew it. We almost made it the whole time oh, without Tarantino. Get out there. Go That's to at Christian Fun Pod. Vote and Pokemon go to the polls. <laughs> And we'll be right back with more good Christian fun. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. 
Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. (laughs) What we did do is, I dare you to go. I dare you to scrape it all up off the floor. Like today never happened. (laughs) Should I keep that in? Welcome to my balls out. Welcome to the balls out. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Kevin, your intro was great. Yeah, I really liked it. It was good. It was good. Yeah. I wasn't fishing, but I like what I caught. Yeah. (laughs) But it's time once again for the hunt for the worst Christian song of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, a new one. A new one. Living my life with dinosaurs in the in the Hall of Fame. With a dinosaur. <sighs> you know, it's hard because the easiest thing in a way is just to find stuff that's super politically messed up totally. in the songs. Yeah. But I don't want to do just that. So okay. that's why I'm very thankful that for today, the contender and champion for worst Christian song of all time is the very apolitical, the trumpet of Jesus. Yeah. Trumpet of Jesus. This song. Crank it up. Come on now. Now, Caroline, I don't usually get to ask you this uh, on our normal or regular shows with regular guests, but would you make love with our guests to this song? <laughs> oh, we already we already have. Yeah? Yeah, we did. Yeah, you say that like, yeah. this isn't the first song on our sex playlist. Do you, do you time it out? <laughs> <laughs> I'd listen to the trumpet of Jesus. Oh, man. What do you make of this song, Nate? You know, I actually kind of liked it. Yeah? Because, uh, I put it, it on my summer playlist. It reminded me of uh, Tower of Power and... Letter um eater. And some of the the like vocal stuff kind of reminded me of Steve Miller band a little bit. Sure, sure. But like the Tower of Power, because I grew up playing trumpet, and so did like, you really? Yeah, and so like in youth group, we would do the flowery song. I got to play trumpet. Uh-huh. Um, I played in band, and all that. So I love like horn parts and stuff like that. So I I was kind of feeling like, man, that'd be that'd be a real kick to be in this <laughs> band. You know, I like your horn parts too. Thank you. Okay, this I, looks like I need to uh, grease my slide. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh. 
<laughs> Taps. Sometimes I do agree with your mom that it sounds, it feels like, and maybe this is the Christian culture we, we all came out of, but it feels like we're sometimes strangely obsessed with we're, being sexually provocative. We're compensating Honestly, for uh, our years of virgin, virginity. Yeah, we weren't allowed to even talk about it. So what would we do? We make Much jokes. less do it. Yeah, we make jokes. <laughs> also, I like that one of the guys looks like Josh Brolin. Oh, yeah. And for a second, it's like, hey. Hey, Thanos started a band. Yeah, Thanos. Oh. All right. Guys, we got a challenger for this song. This is a song called, this is not a band we've talked about before on the show, but it's Dugarmo and Key. Dugarmo. Dugarmo and Key, which was CCM's answer to Hall & Oates back in the 80s. <laughs> it's two guys, too. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. two guys. And this is a song from their 1989 album, The Pledge. The Pledge. And it's called Boycott Hell. (laughs) This is the song Rob Bell comes out to every time he gives a talk. Yeah, he gets crowd pumped up. (laughs) Running out of time to do it. You gotta give to you. Get out of the Sounds exactly like Phil Collins. Yeah, or Sting. We got a union. It sounds like Sting is here to play us out. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, pump up the jam. A pastor training in the (laughs) sanctuary (laughs) for his big opening his Bible and closing it. John Piper pumping iron, ripping up crackers. Communion. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Munching communion. That's his protein. (laughs) <laughs> Downing shots of communion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love the unison. <laughs> Interesting. <Yeah. laughs> right? Yeah. The boycott hell. Yeah. It kind of reminds of Huey Lewis in the news. Mm-hmm. Like that voice. Yeah. Yeah, my synthesizer string like bending it yeah take it home you're gonna need it <laughs> some passionless guy playing it <laughs> <laughs> I want you to imagine every solo the man is standing there so still no expression on his face <laughs> uh, what are we singing about <laughs> they're just kind of uh, boycott uh, <laughs> Okay, that, that's the end of the lyrics, really, for the song. Boycott hell. Great. You've got a job to do. We're running out of time. Get out the world. You've got Burrish a gift to use. Get out in the world. Pride. We've got to unionize. <laughs> Boy, don't you think it's time to boycott hell? This is the first pro-union Christian song I've run across. This is interesting. So this means not boycott hells and we don't believe it exists, but like try and prevent people from getting into yep. hell. Yep. Okay, he's kind of mixing up some of his activist metaphors, it's too. It's messy. <laughs> the picket line? It's messy. Because there's messy. the picket line, there's the union, and then there's boycotting all in the same. I mean, I get what he's saying. Yeah, the second stanza is, we've got the strength to uh-huh. win. Standing arm in arm together. Forget yeah. our differences. 
We can change the world forever. Bear your foolish pride. We've got to unionize, don't you think? it, Boy, don't you think it's time to boycott hell? That seems counterintuitive because if you're going to forget our differences, then what's the hell thing for? Like, if we have a difference of mm-hmm. opinion about hell, like, why don't we just let them right. be? Is he talking to fellow Christians, I it, guess? Yeah, it like is, denominations? It yeah. is rife with contradiction, and it's not clarified. <laughs> Tell you what, though, I love these these synth bends. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining the guy just like leaning into it slightly. This reminds me of the baseball metaphors song, which is like, yeah, where it's like yeah. half an idea. Yeah, half right. an idea. You're almost there, buddy. And then just stay literal the whole time. But for something as divisive as hell, which we could not stop talking about last night. No. <laughs> It it feels like a weird half-hearted gesture towards saying anything about it at all. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't say like why you would go, what's there, anything like that. It's just like we know what boycott do. sin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> boycott murder. We're we're on strike Stealing's for murder. Stealing's not yeah. cool. <laughs> but boycott. It's boycott just such it. a weird. It's not like you're image. working in hell or that you and enjoy- well okay let's think about it maybe so, it's like yeah it's like when you, you're buying into sin when you're yeah. you know buying your pornos and stuff when you when you boycott a company it's you stop using their product you stop mm. supporting stop them in mm-hmm. any way possible we're, so, we're cutting off hell's exports we're so are putting they tariffs are they it. speaking to non-christians and saying you need to boycott hell by not giving them the business of your souls see and this is why i think every ccmr should have for christians for non-christians I think in they should start, yeah. Yeah. or song. in the intro just quickly like hey guys real quick this is for christians okay here's boycott the song hope hell. you like it <laughs> <laughs> Do you like it? <laughs> okay, that was it, just to make sure. For yeah. Christians only. Uh, and wait, here's the like? next song. Here's the next one. Here we go. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this is an old joke <laughs> from the trip funny. a couple it's of months really ago. It's not really my joke, but it's very funny. Oh, it's, it was me, you, and Chelsea. Or was it just me and Chelsea? <laughs> I, I kind of like came in at some point. It was the idea that for album sequencing, the person making the album has... No control over when the track ends and begins. So it's just like, okay, um, here's a song, and I hope you like it. Here we go. Oh, no. no not yet. Okay. So it's like live? Yeah. It's like live radio, basically. Yeah, but the songs are like go. super produced and yeah. like finished album, but they studio, don't know. very polished. And they're like, yeah, that was great. Okay, here's the next song. Um, it's about, uh, you know, what to do when you're alone. Uh, and here we... It's not ready. Okay. Uh, <laughs> is it? Is that Mickey Mouse? <laughs> <laughs> Let go, John. Gosh, I don't want to play anymore, <laughs> Mickey. Uh, okay, so which is the worst song between Boycott uh, Hell? And uh, I think Boycott Hell. Boycott Hell is worse. Yeah. I don't like the message. Unclear. And it's kind of a fun song. Well, you don't know what the message is. Yeah, what it is. It doesn't know what it is. Honestly, musically, not as good as those trumpets. I want more. Yeah, and I, it's like upbeat and peppy for like a song about hell. You yeah, know? sure. Weird. I don't like it. It's weird when a. Christians that are like so hardline about hell are also weirdly like flippant about hell yeah, too. Yeah, like joking around. Just, yeah, literally like Satan, bite the dust. To hell yeah. with the devil. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you going to hell. Ha. Yeah, I think boycott hell is worse. And I would encourage the listeners because boycott hell has won this round and is advancing to the next round. I'd encourage the listeners, send in your submissions for the hunt for the worst Christian yeah. song of all time um, to goodchristianfun at gmail.com. We take all your submissions into account. So boycott hell. You are, for this week, the worst Christian song of all time. And what I mean when I say that is that... (laughs) Okay, uh, here it comes. We made you a champion. I made you a champion. (laughs) Sing out, Louise. (laughs) All right, let's... uh, 
Let's bring it down now. Simmer down. Bring it down. Nate, we're going to try to keep this uh, less than an hour and a half. You know. It reminds me of a story my pa once told me. (laughs) Nate, you know the way this works. Yeah. We don't plug ourselves or our projects or what we're enjoying. We lift them up. Caroline, we start with you. Uh, you can lift me up at Caroline's Farts on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can check me out. Um, I'd like to lift up. I think we'll all probably do a triune lift up for Won't You Be My Neighbor, mm-hmm. the documentary about Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a lovely man, a lovely yeah. film, a good Christian that I could look up to uh, in media. I was inspired by it. It was nice mm-hmm. to see something that was just actually inspiring. Like, go be kind. You can make a difference. Uh, you can uh, lift me up. <laughs> At Hugh Ackman on Twitter. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> and on Instagram at Nathan Detroit. Good luck trying to figure out how that's spelled. Oh, or man. how many dashes are in between. Um, I want to lift up Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, the show, not the documentary. Okay. Um, and th- no, I want to talk about the documentary. I did, I did want to lift that one up. Yeah. So unfortunately, I'm going to say the same thing, but... I have never cried that hard during a movie. I was like shaking, cr- like weeping, uh, because it really uh, opened my mind to a lot. I grew up with Mr. Rogers, um, such a kind yeah, man. Yeah, you guys went to middle school, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like such a such a like a gentle soul, and almost a weird, off-putting way. But it's I think it's weird because he's just so good, um, such a force for good. Um, and it really inspired me a lot. Um, it made me laugh a lot. Um, but I think it's totally worth seeing. So, yeah. I mean, we could do a, a second service about it. You should. You should. I think we should. You I should. think it'd be good. Yeah, it'd be good. Because it has so much to do with Christian themes. I totally. think sure. There's even a lot of overlap there with uh, Queer Eye season one, uh, season two premiere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Even. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. You can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter. I'll lift up technically a stand up special, but what it really was was. <laughs> Super transcendent and mind-blowing, not to hype it too much. Hannah Gadsby is a comedian you should you should know who put out a stand-up special called Nanette mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. That is not like any other stand-up you've ever seen before. Especially the back half of it is pretty unreal. Watching it last night, I was floored. Wow. And it's hard not to get bored. With comedy stuff now, a lot of times you like to engage with that stuff and stand-up stuff. Please watch Nanette. If you gotta choose one or the other to, to watch, don't. Watch them both. Nanette yeah. and Watch Your Be My Neighbor. Watch them both at the same time. And especially uh, <laughs> uh, uh, straight white men like me. I think Nanette is a very good and important watch. It's on Netflix. It's there mm. for you when you're ready for oh. it. So please, please, please watch Nanette. I was really... I was, I was inspired yeah. by it as well. Yeah. Cool. And you can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Christian Fun Pod. You can leave us a review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Every review you leave, we donate to charity. We are as good as Switchfoot in that regard. (laughs) Our saints. And uh, this month we are donating to KIND, which stands for Kids in Need of Defense. It's for unaccompanied minors who are immigrating to the U.S. And uh, these are lawyers that volunteer to represent them in court and immigration court. Make sure they get high quality representation. It's great work. And obviously a lot of kids are in need of that right now. So... You can support them too. Kind. Hell yeah. 
And you can check out our Spotify Good Christian Fun playlist. You can find every song featured on the show. Mm. And won't you join patreon.com slash goodchristianfun and check out our second service. You can get a weekly dose, a weekly bonus dose of GCF every week if that's what you want for some reason. You, you should. You should. And you'll love it. It's, it's, it's actually yeah. better than this. This is it bad is compared to that. Yeah. We no, do we a lot have, of unusual things there, and it's great. We have so much fun mm. on that. Uh, we've revealed some very personal things on that that I don't think I would have said if it was on, yeah. <laughs> on this feed. Yeah. Um, Newsboys, live shows, and friggin' movie reviews, and and uh, deep talks and even some good question fun so check that out we're very proud of that stuff Nathan thank you so much hey, thanks for, for having joining me, guys. us I really appreciate it hey, it's a lot of fun Nate I love you I love you too oh. hey I love you I love you too man I love you too Kevin I love you now we don't usually do this on the show but because you are such a great guest and maybe this can be a tradition now we're gonna let you sleep with one of us <laughs> Hmm. You get to choose. Uh, this has nothing to do with like. the fact that okay. you guys are married. How about <laughs> you blindfold me and then you choose for me? One of us. me. <laughs> yeah, you're such a big Switchfoot fan. Why don't you choose the song that we go out on? The where Switchfoot I belong. Song. Where I belong. Yeah. All right. Let's do where uh, needs come. No, that's not it. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Uh, it's gonna make me cry. And this is a song you can use for later. <laughs> Especially when the for drums your come guest in. Gift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't get a gift bag, but <laughs> oh, we're gonna get box. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Oh, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> this is too fast. You would not be able to. This wouldn't be. I mean, unless you're at the end. That's just like a. <laughs> Listen, I think we got a future when I'm gone. <laughs> Woo! Oh, hi, y'all. It's me, Michael W. Smith. Uh, okay, so this is a little complicated. I'm, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to explain this the best I can. But here's what happened. I go over to Vince and Amy's the other night for our monthly Lack of Rosé uh, meetup where we get together, uh, drink rosé wine, listen to each other's music, and, uh, you know, cook and, and bake and stuff. And we always have a great time. Um, and I see Vince and Amy on the couch looking very despondent. Amy's legit got tears in her eyes, and she's trying not to look at me because she knows she's going to cry more. And then Vince... He's like looking at the ground, all spacey-eyed and whatnot, and uh, yeah, it just seemed like a bad situation. And they they explained it to me. I still don't get it. There's like this drama of like doing bumpers for a Christian podcast, and some some about accents or whatever. Some about not having natural accents uh, in the bumpers for this Christian podcast. So Vince had to cover for Amy, but then Vince felt bad, and Amy felt bad for making Vince feel bad. So anyway, they were just checked out, and uh, I slammed my sausage ranch cups down on the ground, and I sat in between them. I took Amy's hand with my left, and Vince's hand with my right, and I said, don't worry, fam. Uncle Smitty's got this. Because I love you above all. No, I'm just kidding. I love God above all. But I do love y'all a lot. So, yeah, after that, we, you know, 
We started singing together. We prayed a little bit. Uh, and then we started making uh, the, the crucifries. You know, as an appetizer, we made crucifries. So I even made a pretty funny joke. Um, when uh, Amy was, you know, trying to cook the main dish and she needed an herb, uh, she said, hey, uh, Michael, can you give me that herb over there? I said, uh, I-, I gave it to her. I handed it to her and I said, this is your time. Oh, he laughed and laughed and laughed. It was real funny. Uh, but anyway, okay, yeah, that's the job. That's the job. Okay, I got to do the bumper. Uh, so Vance wanted me uh, wanted to let y'all know that Amy wanted to let y'all know that Kevin and Caroline wanted to let y'all know uh, that next week on GCF, that's Good Christian Fun. Um, woo! That's what fun sounds like. Next week on Good Christian Fun, they're going to be watching the musical Joseph. And the Technicolor Dreamcoat, I think the Donnie Osmond one, the direct-to-video one from 99, I think it's very hard to find, but, you know, in the regular channels, but you can find on YouTube and stuff. So so go watch that before next week. Have a good time. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I'm going to give back to Amy and Vince for our Lack of Rosé night, uh, and, and afterwards, we're going to go down to Taco, uh, Taco Town. <laughs> well, that's different, but I was going to say, we're going to go to Rocket Town. Uh, I, I don't think we should go to Taco Town. I, I don't think that'd be too hard. Uh, but we're going to go to Rocket Town. We're going to have a great time. So, okay, we'll, we'll see you next week. Uh, Uncle Smitty, over and out. You live to die, rejected and alone, like a rose. Trampled on the ground You took the fall <laughs> And thought of me Above all Welcome to Three Randy New <laughs> Three Christian Randys Ten Three. Randy Newmans agree. That was a HeadGum Podcast